Hello and welcome to not just episode 167 of the Random Town Podcast, but also the year 2018. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And a new year means new things. And as our episode title of New Year, New Experiences gives away, in this case it means new experiences. Uh, namely, virtual reality and cereal. Uh, and that's because we have Angel fresh off an airplane from Japan. Um, it's why this episode's up a little later than usual. But we have him fresh off an airplane where he went and played Mario Kart VR, among other things. I don't think you just went for Mario Kart. Did you just go for Mario Kart? No, we went for many other things. Good, okay, because that'd be weird if you flew 11 hours for a five-minute Mario yeah. Kart game. Also, for Warner, I also did not expect to get sick. So oh, yeah, you're low under. So I happened to have a coughing fit, then, yeah, that's why. Then blame Japan, <laughs> blame the nation <laughs> of Japan. Yeah. But yeah, we have uh, Mario Kart. New experience, because I actually haven't gotten full sick in a long time. I've definitely coughed and sneezed before in the show of course but not like died yeah it's not because I was sick which is weird because you work with kids so you would think if anyone like I feel there's been more times on the show like hey everyone I'm, I'm sick and then nothing would happen I know happen I got there. sick early on in my career at that school which was like I guess like almost six years ago maybe mm-hmm. I built up an immunity after, during that horrible time but you couldn't handle Japanese germs apparently no the Japanese viruses no they're like uh, they're like shin germs yeah <laughs> yeah exactly but uh yeah so we have Mario Kart VR impressions we're also gonna do a live taste test of the Super Mario cereal now that we finally got our hands on it and on top of all that uh we're also casting some predictions for the upcoming Nintendo Direct discussing the latest news sharing our impressions of both Brawl Out on Switch and the upcoming Kirby Battle Royale for 3DS so, if there's a specific topic you'd like to hear, new experiences or otherwise, sick angel or otherwise, there are timestamps available at, as always, at ramtown.com. Uh, but whatever you do, don't miss the very end of the show because we're going to be announcing our Super Nintendo Classic giveaway winner. So, you probably want to stick around to see if you're the winner. Unless you didn't enter, in which case, you literally can't win, so. Sorry. But anyway, to start things off, hi, angel. I feel like I actually haven't really talked to you since you got back from Japan. Like, even more than just what we're doing for the podcast. So, like, how long have you been back? Like, 36 hours? 48 hours? Um, something small like that, right? Something small like that. How was I've, it? I've lost track of time. Because how, I, <laughs> cause you think today's tomorrow? Yeah, I didn't sleep. It's we, we were in the future for a while. Then you went back to the past. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird how when you leave the airport, like, we took a flight at 7 p.m. And then we got to California. We arrived at California at 12 p.m. the same day it's weird right yeah we literally went backwards in time seven hours and then we had to relive those same seven hours but it's like groundhog day without the fun yeah, yeah. but yeah but, how, how was the trip this time this I mean, is your second time so. yeah second time first time in winter extremely different extremely different it is cold. um i i enjoyed it you have to wear a lot of layers <laughs> we'll probably not go in winter again but i do not regret not going in winter I feel like you don't have many listeners' sympathy because most of America right now is, like, Arctic chill. Like, it, I don't know if you heard about this when you were traveling, but here in the States, it's, like, the craziest cold front in the U.S. in a long time. Basically, the warm weather here in California, where it's currently a nice, balmy 73 degrees, is causing the eastern two-thirds of the U.S. to be, like, fr- freezing. Like, the coldest point in the U.S. is currently colder than Mars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It, uh, it's negative 100 on top of Mount Washington in, in uh, Kentucky right now. Or as of yesterday. Jeez. Well, so. <laughs> I mean, it definitely wasn't that. I mean, yeah, yeah. over there, I think our lows were like 30 and our highs were 40 to 45, mm-hmm. maybe 50. But overall, there were, it was pretty cold. I mean, coming back here, it felt super warm. Right. But. How's the gaming stuff, yeah. though? Like, what, what gaming yeah, stuff did you guys do? Yeah, overall, trip. What we did, um, a lot of the 
the typical suspect that you would expect. We then went to Akihabara, like the gaming nerdy central anime district. Mm-hmm. We did Shinjuku, a few new places that I hadn't gone to, like Akane, which almost felt like a second Akihabara, except it was a little more video game centric. We found way more just video game stores, like more GameStop-esque stores that interesting. I didn't even find last time. Just a lot of stores that just have Switch games. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I don't even know what this game is. I don't know what that game is. Right, right. Like, just stuff that you would expect to be sold right now. Like, we saw a lot of um, Super Famicom Classic Editions. And um, it was... When you were just looking at all those little shops, so mm-hmm. many shops with a bunch of little toys, a lot of... Gachapon toys, so many Gachapon toys. You got some cool arms, little like punching yeah, things. Yeah, in case you're not sure what Gachapon toys are, gacha, anything Gachapon is just, or gachas, are just those machines where you insert coins in, you spin the dial, and you Capsule get. Capsule toys. Capsule toys, yeah. And they're always really high quality, way higher quality than you would expect from a tiny little toy, but you are paying three bucks for them on average. Two to five bucks mm-hmm. is the range. And usually you're happy with whatever you get. Except unless there's that one machine that has that one thing you want and everything else is considered a loss. So that was me at the Pokemon Center when I went back in April is um, they had these little ditto, like a set of dittos. You get like little dittos of different, you know, Pikachu, Charmander or whatever. And I really, I don't remember oh, which one I wanted, okay. but there's one I really wanted and I kept getting not that one. <laughs> and I think I put like $10 into this thing and now uh, I just have all these dittos I don't care about. Yeah, I had the exact but. same experience as you. At the Pokemon Center, they had a, bun- they had a, a ditto machine. and But instead of ditto as other Pokemon. It was just ditto posed in different ways to hold different types of office supplies. So, huh. one it I looks like Kirby like that. And too. one it looks like he's flexing and he, that's meant to hold rings or I'm not sure what else. Just ring-like objects. Sure. There's another one that looks like he's meant to hold a paperclip because he's just, not that Just big. one? Yeah, like one or two. Maybe three if you're looking. What, what a useful thing to have in your office. Do you yeah. have a paperclip? Literally just one. It's on Ditto. There's another pose where he's meant to hold like a a business card, like mm-hmm. a single business card. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look thick enough to hold two. And But the one I wanted, like the one that seemed the most practical, was the one where he's holding a pen. Like that one's like, oh, cool. Especially like, for you, Mr. Animator. It, it's just the pen holder. But So I tried it three times. Didn't get him on any of those three times. Always tried it twice. Didn't get him. So you're already and, like twelve dollars in at that point, I would guess. Well, there were three bucks each, so that's already fifteen dollars. Oh, fifteen, in. okay. Total. I mean, he got his own. I got my own. But yeah, like that's fifteen bucks. I'm like, yeah, I don't really need the pen holder. <laughs> so you only decide that after you're halfway to the price of a 3ds game, but yeah. But luckily, that's all I really spent on gotchas from the actual capsule ball machines. Every mm-hmm. other time, I just went straight to these. They have a bunch of stores that just dedicate themselves to selling you the toys you want from those machines directly. Right. So you only and you only really pay like a dollar to, um, above, I guess market. Actually, not even above market. Just a dollar two of what the actual machine costs. Mm-hmm. The only time you're ever going to spend more, like much more than that, is if the thing is a couple years old or yeah, a couple years yeah, old or rare. Or, yeah, or just really, really rare. And at most, even then, like I see them go for like fifteen, unless we're talking about something like really obscure and really hard to find. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, that really wasn't the case. I only had to find like some Ace Attorney stuff and a lot of cockatiel gotcha st- I mean capsule capsule ball things that I didn't even know existed I'm a big fan of cockatiels in case I haven't mentioned that before it doesn't sound if it's like, gone yeah. six years without you ever mentioning it I'm shocked because yeah, it's a I weird thing about you that you're just really into cockatiels for some reason I feel like I haven't said the word cockatiels on this show I feel like you haven't yeah I don't know but yeah I really like cockatiels I mean not so much as pets but I don't know I just really like as visual 
I love the divine of these animals. <laughs> Sounds like a weird thing to say. It does like a weird thing to say. Especially because yeah. they're not like video game characters. They're like real things that aren't designed by someone. But yeah. anyway. I mean, went to Joypolis, like Sega's big arcade. Jason also went there. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I saw the Ace Attorney thing he was telling me about. and it Did was... you do it? No. Or was it closed when you went to? No, it wasn't closed. Like, they were trying to tell me, like, like oh, you could try it. But oh, yeah, you need to Japanese. But it's like all in Japanese. I'm like, oh, well, you're just playing the first game. And I'm like, I guess I could guess my way through it. But, like, you know what? I'm just going to stand next to these giant statues of Phoenix and Miles. Take pose with them. And... They didn't have giant statues when I was there. Oh, well. I mean, they have the whole room. Like, you walk through. So, basically how it works. I mean, I didn't do it either. But for those listening, is you... It's like three rooms, like a courtroom, an investigation room, and then something else. And you kind of just walk through, and each room has these touch screens where you're basically doing the DS game, but like there in this room. And it, the, I think there's physical objects you interact with and put with the touch screen and stuff like that. But it's kind of just like a literally a played out live uh, version of the game. Yeah, I guess they changed it a little. Um, I mean, it's still very similar, but I, I don't know if the rooms were super spread out. Mm. It's like one little hallway that you just go room to room. It's like a Disneyland thing. Oh, like uh, yeah, like they, room. yeah, I guess they chopped it up because like one, one of those rooms was, well, first of all, they're not even rooms anymore. They're like little corners of the arcade that you just like, you could just walk past. Oh. Like they're, they're pretty much. Can you much see o- from the outside now too? Yeah. They're, they're oh, pre- before it's like you had to like walk through a doorway. Yeah, they're pretty much like open to the public. Like anyone could just like walk in and be like, huh, what's going on? Oh, I want to participate in this. Where do I get my investigator's notepad? Oh, I have to go upstairs and get uh-huh. it. Okay, I guess I'll go upstairs and get it. This person has a lot of questions, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I... <laughs> it's not like the perfect person to be standing behind if you're like also confused. Like, oh, they, Yeah, they sound like an FAQ that just came to life. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't do that. Right. I just took the pictures with the photo op, and they also had a capsule ball machine of Ace Attorney. I only tried it twice. Got my Phoenix, but then I got another Von Karma that... Which is why got... I got you in April. Yeah, so which now I'm getting one back. <laughs> yeah, and the only other... I mean... Oh, yeah, also got little arms arms, which are really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just look really cool because they're tiny. They're and they really have, detailed, and they have, and they have springy arms. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I can't, reiterate, I can't reiterate enough how detailed gotcha capsule ball toys are. It makes American toys look like crap. <laughs> like, let's just be honest. <laughs> I mean, yes, but then I have to... I also have to go easy on American toys just because for the price, like, it makes sense. Usually, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually American toys that are that small are usually sh- are usually super cheap and you get a whole bunch of them and they rarely have paint. That's true. So it's actually amazing that, I mean, th- that's pretty much the difference. Like, you get American toys which are, like, super mass produced like crazy mm-hmm. and are much more affordable. But then you get Japanese toys which are made much more limited but are way more intricate and detailed and right, from, right like painted so which kind of makes sense given the population differences like japan's yeah. so much smaller that they literally don't have to mass produce in the same scale that we do yeah they're, they're literally able to cater to almost every single game i mean like it's a trying to get so much merchandise over there it's not as popular as it is i mean it's way more popular over there than it is here but i feel like there's merchandise for almost every game or there was at least merchandise for almost every single nintendo game at one point the one that blew my mind when i was there was box boy having not just some merchandise but a whole line of merchandise like there's a whole like box boy is like a thing over there so yeah. it'd be like here's box boy merch and here's like a square kirby to go with your box boy <laughs> like it was i have like multiple box boy items now i don't know i just like well i'm never gonna see this again <laughs> see, there you go exactly yeah, yeah exactly but, but yeah, so you did Ace Attorney, and then I guess so. Where was Mario Kart? That that's yeah. at the Bandai competitor of the Bandai Namco competitor of Joyopolis, right? Yeah. So that was actually my, my next point. So Bandai VR Zone is what it's called. This is in yeah. Tokyo, right? 
Yeah, this is in Tokyo in um, Shinjuku, like across the street from this theater that actually has a giant Godzilla above it. So oh, that's where it is. Yeah. Oh, that's actually a it's, very smart place to put. Yeah, it's it's really it's like cool. an entertainment district. Yeah. Which is also basically across the street from the Capcom bar, and so, right around the corner from the robot restaurant. Which yeah. is, uh, did you guys go? No, we didn't go either when I went. But it's like it's like a burlesque show, but it's with robots. Yeah, this is crazy, and it's way overpriced. You, you, yeah, you, you you get the point just from walking in front of it. They give you the music. There's a giant photo op. It feels so, like you're in a. It's it's like when you walk down the street. It's like you got a crazy pop up that you can't exit out of. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what it feels like. It's like it's like the electric parade. They keep in you like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? It's yeah. like the electric parade in Disneyland, but someone did E before watching it and then made a whole show out of it. Yeah, basically, this is what I remember it being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but super, um, super Bandai VR Zone. This one I thought this place was way better, or at least as a group we had much more fun there than Joyopolis. Joy, Joyopolis, Joypolis, Joypolis. I felt more. I you could tell old by comparison. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was old. I mean, it definitely had more rides that were aimed for families, mm-hmm. like a lot of more kid friendly rides. I mean, they do have a Ferris wheel literally in the middle of the building, which, by the way, nuts. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff to be yeah. sure. I mean, there was even like a, we'll call it like a Gran Turismo game where you actually get to drive an, an actual car that they gutted and just put a giant screen in front of it. So when you turn, the whole car turns. Like, this was at Joypolis? Yeah, Joypolis. I like, didn't see that. Like the entire oh. car reacts like a real car as you're driving. But it's not VR. It's just a screen in front of you that, right. that stays locked. Right. So, I mean, it, that, that was pretty cool. But v- Bandai VR Zone, though. So that one... It's setup is interesting. You have to pay forty four bucks for a day pass, mm-hmm. and you get to play four games. You have to pick four, and you can't just pick any four because all let's say there's I don't remember how many games there are. I think there's like a little over twenty, but they're split into four categories. There's like the red games, the yellow games, the green games, and the blue games. Oh, it's the old ticket system of Disneyland where you like the e ticket rides. It's literally the, that, yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure exactly how they decided to categorize them. I guess it's based on how good they are. <laughs> I don't know. Usually that's how they do it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess that has to be it. Yeah. So we're like, all right, so for this one, we'll do Mario Kart. For this one, we'll do Scary Hospital Simulator. And then. Please tell me that's its real name. Oh, I don't know what it's called. That'd be a great it, it was like name. Survival Horror Hospital thing. And then for another one, we did some Neon, some Evangelion one, which is just like a giant mech one. Mm-hmm. And then we did another mech one for the last one because it was either that or fishing. And it's like, like you I'm made the gonna, wrong choice to meet now. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm not going to do fishing. Although, hmm, could have been inter- interesting at this point. But, yeah, so to save the best for last, Mario Kart. Actually, I don't know. I'm kind of torn between whether the Evangelion one, the mech one, is better than the Mario Kart one. But, um, anyways, like the, the horror one, that one I feel was the most interesting one. Just, so, beca- just because the horror one, like, I, don't know, I, I like to play horror games. I like to get scared. Uh-huh. Even though, like, sometimes, like, I want to avoid the jump scare, like, they just, it's just really fun to get a, a nice yeah. good jump scare on you. And when you're in line, you hear people screaming bloody murder. Really? Like, just, like, at the top of their lungs. And we're just like, oh, man, like, oh, we're not going to scream. We're not going to scream. Like, it's just going to, it's not going to be that. So scary. who out of the six that you scream loudest? Clearly, you, did, um, you guys did. I think all of us did. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everyone screamed way more than they expected to. Uh-huh. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get any recordings of us, just of some of our other friends, but they were almost done with their ride, so they couldn't really... So they weren't... They were already past the screaming part. We mm-hmm. could just hear them go like, oh, man, we're dead, we're dead, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't know they were being recorded. 
Bridge of the Grid. Oh, only... I, I like the word dead as if it's real. I mean, I guess that's the thing about virtual reality is it, it's real enough that you feel that way. Yeah, you know? essentially you're trapped in a wheelchair and the setup is, well, you're sitting down on this apparatus with your vibe. They're all run on, they all run on the vibe. Right, HTCs, yeah. Yeah. And is it vibe or vibe? Vibe, vibe with a V? Vibe with oh, a V, okay, which yeah. is why I thought you actually said, and then when you hesitate, I'm like, maybe you said vibe. <laughs> no, I did say vibe, but I was Yeah, sure. it's vibe, HTC vibe. Yeah, the vibe. So you're sitting down on this apparatus with a joystick with your left hand that only moves forward and back, which you're on a wheelchair in the game. You're mm-hmm. in a wheelchair, and you couldn't move forward and backwards. Mm-hmm. And with your right hand, you have a free controlling flashlight that controls you pointing at whether you want to go left or right whenever you come into an intersection. Mm-hmm. And you're just moving through quarters in a hospital, getting jump scares every once in a while. And then every, let's say, I don't know, 100 feet or something, you come across an obstacle that you need to work together to figure out. And in one instance, you had to, one person had like a map of the room and the, and that person had to guide the other player who was viewable on the map through the maze before your character who's looking at the map gets executed because there's like a string of people next to you that are getting executed one by one in very gory ways. I'm sure. And yeah, you have to tell them like, all right, go left quick. I'm next. Blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of riffing on that. There's a virtual reality game where there's like one person has to defuse a bomb and everyone else is outside the VR headset with the manual trying to read it to them so they could do it for us too late. It sounds like it's kind of that sort of idea, but all in VR instead of. Yeah. And if one person dies, everyone dies. You could play with up to four people. But since we were five, we have to do three and two. Mm hmm. And so, I mean, that, that one sounds was, nuts, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that one was fun just because of the scares. Yeah. And then the Evangelion one, that one was really cool. Essentially, it's also another four-player one or one to four player. They work in teams. You have two joysticks, and it's that same. It actually controls just like arms. Move both forward to move forward. Move both back to move back. Both left, left. Both right, right. And so on and so forth. And then you press the trigger to shoot, obviously. And all you're doing is just killing a giant boss together giant alien monster Mm -hmm. work together kill it you win you die you fail and we died apparently really close to the end of it do you get anything if you win like besides winning like do they give you something physical but um the workers like clap for you or they're like yeah you did it like they they cheer for like um they make you feel like 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 you accomplished something like a little kid that accomplished something they're like oh good job you did it and we're like yeah and then you you guys high fived and froze frame yeah. in there. Yeah. And then we did this other one um, called I don't know what it was called actually Vanguard. It wasn't that great. This one was like the one that we picked over fishing. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a tamer version of the other mech one where you have less control over it. All you're doing is pointing and shooting at other mechs that are coming your way in your field of vision. Uh-huh. And then you dodge missiles with your head because you are a missile at one point, and then you blow up a building. Hmm. And then just kind of ends with it to be continued. Yeah. They do know you're not like, I guess there could be a sequel, yeah, and then you go back and play it. And like, yeah. I can't buy the sequel, I guess you And for it. some reason, there was a, there was an android walking you through the whole thing that, um, they decided to make very over-sexualized that just like walks around you and at some point like kind of goes in and like, oh, good job, captain, you did excellent and blah, blah, blah. Because Japan, that, that's why it was over-sexualized. Yep. And, um, yeah, and well, then hopefully Mario Kart wasn't over sexual. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Mario Kart was, Mario Kart was great. Mario Kart, well, first you write on Mario Karts. They actually look like the ones on the DS. Which, like, the physical the, the contraption f- yeah, you're yeah. sitting in looks like yeah, the, the f- DS Mario Kart cart. 
Yeah, the physical contraption cool. looked like Mario Kart cars. And I assume they have full, like, rocking and movement. And, yeah, just yeah. like you would expect from, like, a Universal Studio type sure. of ride. Yeah. And they're all labeled appropriately. Like, there's a Mario one, a Luigi one, a Bowser... No, not a Bowser one. A Yoshi one and a Peach one. Mm. And depending on the one you sit on, that's the character you get. Right. And the nice thing is that after they sit... Well, after you sit on the cart, they put on these, I guess, wrist contraptions is what I'll call them. Sure. It's like you get a wrist strap like that... A glove? No, it's not a glove. Like, it's like a rubber band that goes around your hand okay. so that you can still hold the steering wheel but then above your hand will rest this crown looking plastic bit oh like a sensor for item throwing I would assume yeah so that and they do it to both hands so that you can steer with one hand but still move your other hand to like reach out for items mm-hmm. because in this game you actually have to reach out and grab items and actually throw them in the direction you want to throw them so if you want to throw them up and to the right you actually, you actually have to throw up and to the right or that's backwards that's so cool and there's only I think three items for you. There's the the green shell, the banana, and a hammer, uh-huh. which is new to this one, which gives you a slight speed boost, and you just whack it like crazy to knock everyone out. So the hammer, a little history lesson, is from Mario Kart or KGP, the regular Mario Kart. KGP is introduced in one of the like five versions, but it's one of its own exclusive items. So I guess that's Namco yeah, bring, yeah. bridging the gap a little. And the really cool thing is that whenever you – well, since you get to play with other friends, um, you could like – as you're looking around, like if you see your friend – you could see there, like you, like my friend was playing as Luigi, so I could see him moving his head around, looking around. Could you like wave at each other? Yeah, you could and wave at each other. You could what make what is this? You could make obscene <laughs> gestures. Well, I mean, as obscene as you could make with only your, so, so just a fist. Yeah, you, with with your hand, you could shake your fist at someone. Yeah, yeah, because you can't move fingers, so right. you could only just like wave at them, or yeah, just like shake your fist at them. Right, that's still. But it looks really hilarious cool. because it's like, oh, like Luigi's shaking his fist at me or right. Mario is trying to... Was he death staring, death glaring at the same time? Death staring? No, Luigi oh. has kind of like a, a weird kind of deadpanish face. But it's just crazy how like nice everything looks. Like everything was just so fluid and like the animations are just so great. Oh, and I guess, so awesome. and I guess because it's only, I guess, a one and done kind of deal. Right. Um, they incorporated as many tracks in one course as possible like you start like in a typical mario meadow mm-hmm. then you go into kind of like a cloud area then you go into like a like an airship then you go into about this castle then you go into oh, wow. like peach's castle so like, it's just one giant lap yeah it's like every once in a while like you go into like tunnels that like go all white and then it's like oh transition time and then oh they sort of do that in, in regular yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. regular gp does that yeah yeah so it's just their way of doing like well we want everyone to experience it all in one go instead of busting right. the whole like oh you have to Buy another ticket if you want right, to try right. another track. Because it's more like a theme park than it is a video game at this point. More of an amusement. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a theme park attraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. That sounds so cool, though. Yeah, it's definitely. It was really, really fun. Like everyone enjoyed it. Even our friend. We actually had a friend that um typically doesn't like to do anything VR related because they get really dizzy really easily. Uh-huh. And they were able to play every single VR game and not get dizzy once. Surprisingly. Nice. Yeah. So that bodes well for anyone that has any fear of throwing up. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like this sort of VR thing that they're doing with Mario Kart is kind of... Everyone's always like, oh, when's Nintendo going to... Or when VR was the it thing a year ago, everyone was like, oh, when's Nintendo going to like do VR? Nintendo needs to catch up with VR and whatever, whatever, whatever. This feels a lot more like what Nintendo's going to end up doing more of. Is like VR, at least to me, seems to be this thing where you go to a place and it's like an amusement park attraction. Like, you know, this whole name... This whole Bandai Namco place you're describing. It's not... You don't play it at home. You go play it somewhere. It's yeah. like a thing. So then if Nintendo goes and does the thing at the place, you know, that's that's an easy way to do VR without having to make the Switch be strapped to your forehead or whatever. Like, it just makes 
more sense yeah. to me, I guess. I just wish this was available somewhere in the U.S. Because it's coming. I've heard really rumors that it might be coming, or I saw something somewhere else, and I was like, "Oh yeah, they're looking at." Because it's starting to blow up here. Like Disney just opened at Disneyland and Disney World um, something called the Void, or they're working with something called the Void, where it's some Star Wars thing where you literally walk. You have a small computer on your back, like a backpack with a computer in it. You wearing a headset, and they make like a semi-physical environment. Uh, that you can actually walk through. So if you're in the game, you're walking with people, you're a squadron of stormtroopers or something, you look to your right, there they are, kind of like the Luigi thing. And then if there's a bench in front of you, for example, and you, you in VR, there's a bench in the real room, and you sit down and you're actually sitting on something there because it's really there. And it's like this weird hybrid thing where, again, it just makes more sense for a future yeah, VR to the... do that over, like, just PlayStation VR or HTC Vive yeah. by itself or whatever. Yeah, because those things, like, most people, some people that have a Vive, like, are able to play games like that. Not mm-hmm. a lot of games do that, but mm-hmm. yeah, like those kind of experiences definitely would benefit more from professionally created environments, like curated experiences. Yeah, yeah. there. I mean, there's even um, there's even like scents and stuff. Like there's heat and like at one point you're on like a lava plant in Star Wars One or so. I've read and like literally it'll be warm and like you will smell like sulfur. Like they pump the smell in, oh. so it's super like really blurs the line. So it seems like you know that's the type of thing I can see Nintendo doing yeah. more of, like what you experienced with Mario Kart. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to try anything kind of like that, like where you would like walk around. They did have those available, but they were like um, Ghost in the Shell kind of things. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But the only reason we didn't try them, not because it was Ghost in the Shell, but because you had to buy like a separate ticket for that, and it was almost, it was like 20 bucks just for that one thing. Right. And I mean, it makes sense. Like you're playing with like, I think it was like over 10 people, and it's almost like a Call of Duty kind of thing, like that Team Deathmatch. So it was almost like paintball, but so, so how- virtual reality paintball. So how or long, laser tag, I guess it's more comparable. How long was the Mario Kart thing? Because, like, the Star Wars thing I'm describing is, like, 30 minutes long. Oh. And it sounds like Ghost in the Shell is probably, like, 20, 30 minutes. But I imagine Mario Kart's, like, what, 7, 5? Uh, yeah, it was definitely less than 10. My might even have been less than 5. But... It still sounds so awesome, though. Oh, well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'm it, insanely jealous. It, it, it feels long, but it probably wasn't very long. Right. Yeah, it just felt like, whoa, I can't believe we just did that. I can't believe we were Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> Not even, no. You weren't even Mario, you no, were Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, we, we were the entire thing. <laughs> we were the entirety of Mario Kart. Yeah, I'm hoping Nintendo, like, just like when I was bringing up on Star Wars, I'm like, imagine if they did that for Metroid. Like, if at Super Nintendo World, at, you know, at Universal in a few years, if one of the attractions is just a VR, like, Metroid experience, that'd be super oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Like, it, there's so much potential for this. Like, yeah. it's, I feel like you, you got to experience, like, the cusp of what's gonna be a huge new thing for Nintendo over the next, like, couple decades. Yeah. And in case anyone was wondering, no, I didn't win. I got Mario Karted right at the very end. I was right in front of the finish line, and my friend that I was playing with managed to get me with a green shell, like, right before he, green like, Green shell, me. even. Yeah, and he had to aim it himself, too. That, oh, that's yeah. impressive, actually. Yeah. Uh, if I if I wasn't um, so confident that there was no, that nothing was going to happen, I, sh- I would have just, like, started zigzagging, zigzagging. Yeah, towards yeah. the end. But, no, I just coasted and paid the price. But you live yeah. to tell the tale, so yeah. you gotta play Mario Kart VR. I think you still won in a way. Yep. But it yeah. sounds like it sounds like it's really fun. Like all that VR stuff, the trip sounds like it was really fun. Oh yeah, it was minus yeah. the cold. Yeah, I mean we revisited Disney. That was good. I already had talked about Disney last time. Mm, right. Disney season. You didn't make it Kyoto to out to Kyoto, did you? No, I went to Osaka and I did a Ghibli. I did a Ghibli exhibit, which was really really cool. They rebuilt the entire bathhouse from Spirited Away to like. Oh, a, that's actually pretty cool. It was like a one. I don't know. It was like a one twentieth scale, obviously. Like uh-huh. it, it probably well, you can't see the room, but guys, it's the size of the room we're in, which you have not, you don't have the dimensions of. <laughs> it was maybe fifteen feet tall. That's actually pretty tall. It's like a story and a half. That's pretty good. Okay, maybe a little less than that, like ten. 
Like a story tall. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty decent for a recreation. Very detailed, yeah. They they rebuilt a lot of major buildings from like a lot like from a lot of the Ghibli films. They went through every single Ghibli film. It was it was really great. That took up like my six hour day. My other friends that were also in Osaka, they went their own way. Mm-hmm. They got to do the Dragon Ball Cafe. They Oh, I saw that on Snapchat, yeah. They yeah, they tried Kobe Beef, they went to Kyoto, they did they were part of a pilgrimage, like a New Year's thing. I don't even know what that means, but that sounds interesting. <laughs> well, they just like ended up following a group of people going through those arches that you went to. Oh yeah, 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 and the, the, the Tory gates. And yeah. yeah, and then they walked into a shrine and they were doing the praying and stuff like that. Oh, I see. Yeah, the Tory gates. I don't know if those guys did it. I said this when I went in April, but if you go through those orange gates, which for those listening, inspiration for Star Fox are those gates. Like if you ever see Mimo talk about those orange gates that he pictured a ship flying through, that's where they were. Um, if you keep going and you go up the mountain, it's like it looks like Breath of the Wild. Like it looks like. Um, Kakariku Village. Thank you, Kakariku Village. I was tripping over my words there, but it looks like that. Like the like kind of tiered plateaus of different buildings and stuff. Like it's straight up Breath of the Wild. Yeah. But but yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a cool trip. Meanwhile, meanwhile, where you were there, I was here desperately looking for Mario cereal for two weeks, and I'm happy to report we got it. So I literally last minute is like we on Friday before we recorded. I'm just reading Twitter. I like, you know, I'm, before I go to work, I just see them mention, oh, it's on the tracker for, it's on BrickSeek. Like the inventory's there at Target. I'm like, oh, well, I passed Target going to work. So I go to Target. I go in. Of course, it's not on the shelf. And then I had the most awkward conversation with the store clerk to ask them for the Mario cereal, which I did preface with, this is going to be the weirdest thing I've ever asked for, but do you have the Super Mario cereal? And he's like, the what? I'm like, Mario I mean, cereal? He didn't. No, about it? No, he did not. That's weird. I would imagine by now. It wasn't like, on the shelf uh, yet. It was no, 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 but I, I know, but I imagine a lot of people would have been asking already. Because when I, I asked the other Walmart people, yeah. it feels like, like, oh, yes, the Mario cereal. Oh, no, no, no. Asked. They had no idea. I think partly, keep in mind, I went at, like, before I went to work in the morning. So I don't think the person who's working the, like, 8 a.m. shift at Target is the one that deals with the weird nerds that want Mario cereal at age 28 oh, or, like, 6 p.m., you know? So, yeah. <laughs> like, like me. So, yeah, it's this weird back and forth. And he's, at one point, he's literally like, like the the plumber Mario, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's like it's like it, Kellogg's did is to promote, I guess, the new Mario game, and he's if like, if you hear me cough, that means I'm laughing. Which it's it's just it's much better than your actual laugh because it's louder, so it makes it seem like I'm funnier than I am. It's great, but um, yeah, and just went back and forth for like four minutes until finally I found the UPC number or whatever it's called and showed it to him, and then first he typed it in wrong, and he's like. All I'm seeing is balls of wine. And I'm like, well, it's definitely not that. <laughs> but eventually I got two boxes. We have one of them right here. We promised a while ago we were going to do a live taste test on air. And since we have it, ex- new experience number two for the new year is to try Super Mario cereal. So this is going to be the most thorough taste test you probably ever heard for this cereal. If you have been someone that's been on the internet reading and listening and watching Nintendo people. Thorough than the because, game cartridges. Yeah, it's going to be more thorough simply because I don't put milk in my cereal like a weirdo. You do put milk in your cereal like a sane person. So we're going to really kind of get both ends of the spectrum here. Usually you just know how it tastes as a soggy treat or not, but you're going to hear both. So, with that said, let me open this thing. Uh, Jason is pulling the bag out. I'm opening the bag. It's worth mentioning, the box is very nice. I can't open the back. There we go. Yeah, that map deco yeah, the makes box, it look kind of premium almost. The box is extremely nice. Um, we're doing like an unboxing without a visual. It's so weird. <laughs> but no, the, the, the odd thing is like, in the corner, it says proud sponsor of the Olympics and then Super Mario right next to it, which I'm pretty sure is the closest we're going to get to a new Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, now that I think uh, Ubisoft has the rights. But yeah, really? it's a quality box. Um, 
at least for the time being, they have the rights for at least this winter one. On the back, there's fun trivia. You know, questions like, what's Mario's original name? Uh, Do they have the rights to a Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games? Or do they have the rights to the Olympic Games with Mario? What, what were we talking about? Ubisoft. No, Ubisoft No, Ubisoft has Steep. They, they're not playing Mario in it. Wait. Ubisoft took the, the Winter Olympic license for this year, so there's no Mario Sonic game. It's just Steep Olympic Edition or something like that. Okay, there's, so let me get this straight. So... One only, game company has a license at a time, it sounds like. For, for, the, for the Olympic Games for the in Olympic, general. For at least the 2018 Pyongyang, whatever, Winter Olympics. Or, so for the last couple of years, Sega, Sega, had Sega just owned the Olympic license? Yes, they licensed it to a company. Interesting. I think that's how I, it works. I didn't know that. For some reason, I just thought like... It's kind of like, you know, Madden's the only NFL game. I don't know. I, I never really thought about the fact that there weren't that many other Olympic Games out there. And whenever yeah, Sega weird, came yeah. out with one, I thought I was just like, oh, they're just capitalizing on it. I just assumed there was all these other Olympic games nope. I never cared about. Nope. I don't, At one point, Sony know. had the rights to make some weird ones on PlayStation 2, but yeah. Interesting. Anyway, all right. Fun trivia on the back, like Mario's name, um, which power-up causes Mario to become invincible. And then this one. I just want to point this one out. Which character trait describes Mario? Courageous, shy, mysterious, or naughty? Now, first of all, that's weird. Second of all, I don't think any of those has ever been officially said obviously courageous but they've never it's not like the other there's like oh clearly he was once called jump man oh clearly stars getting invincibility just mysterious he could be mysterious like where'd he come from why is he so short there's a lot why does he always wear the same outfit except when he has power-ups like definitely mysterious yeah but but apparently naughty is also a, a, a trait <laughs> so there you go and i don't even know where the answer key is so we'll never know the answer but anyway so you on the bottom of the box nope Really? Is he... really? It might be on the inside somewhere. Huh. That's even weirder. Regardless, I don't think people want to listen to us look for an answer <laughs> on the box. So I'm going to pour some cereal. Uh, I'll pour for you first, if you'd like. Tell me when. I don't know if the mic's picking up this lovely cereal pouring sound. No, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. You didn't get very many mar- uh, mushrooms. Yeah, mushrooms or marshmallows. All right, I'm going to do that. I got soon. what's supposed to be a hat and what's supposed to be a mushroom and what's supposed to be... I don't even know what this is supposed to be. The mushroom to... Oh, not is... mushroom ratio is pretty not there. Well, don't forget to put milk in your. Uh... No, this is supposed to be a coin block. Don't forget to pour some milk in for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. My my my. Uh, where do I call these? Is uh, oh, it's a hat. Oh, it's Cappy supposedly. A mushroom. It's Cappy. question mark block. Okay, so in the no, I think it's just a hat. In and you know what? I'm surprised they don't describe they don't what the marshmallow bits are supposed to be. Well, they have okay. I'm just going to say, on the box, I know it's enlarged to show texture or whatever, there's a very clearly defined question mark block. Now, when I reach into my cereal that's, my dry cereal that's actually dry, I'm looking at a yellow square with a white blob in the middle. I'm going to assume that's a question mark? I don't know. But anyway, let's, let's actually try this. Shall we? I'm just going to do a spoonful. Kind of like Lucky Charms. It's like Lucky Charms if the ratio of marshmallows to not marshmallows is way skewed towards the not marshmallow. Like it's not as sweet. Also, it's like a weird berry taste to it, actually. I think we're, I think we're it has a smell to it, actually. It does. Hmm. Yeah, it's like a weird berry. A weird berry-ish taste going on here. Oh, that's why. It's a mixed berry cereal with marshmallows. That would explain it. Oh. Yeah. Probably should have read that first. I kind of like it. I mean, how, like... 
I mean, it tastes how I remember Lucky Charms tasting, but... I don't think Lucky Charms are berry, though. But with a more, like, with a more berry twist. Yeah, the thing is, there's, like, no marshmallows. Hold on, I got a bunch of marshmallows. Oh, I like it. The marshmallows are Lucky Charms, through and through. Yeah. This is the first time we've eaten on the show. This is the first time we've eaten on the show. Really? We've licked things. <laughs> that sounds bad. We've licked things, but I don't think we've ever actually had food. Yeah, you know, this is actually pretty good. I might nibble on this while we keep recording, but, um... I don't know if it's worth spending two hours of my life hunting down and going to 20 stores for between the two of us. But, you know, that I'm eating, now that I'm eating it, I'm content. Yeah. It is, I, I actually like the berry. It reminds, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries mixed with Lucky Charms. Well, yeah, I could definitely say this will be a part of my balanced breakfast every day. For Until the next, you run out of the box. Yeah, for the next week. Well, this box is yours, I think, so. Here you go. Oh, a, or do you want the sealed one? You want the sealed one. All right. Well, no. I was we gonna, have two, you guys. Well, I was just going to make a joke. Like, oh, well, I already donated some to you, I guess. But it's all good. Here, I have the sealed one. That's the other thing. So he comes out with two because he's going to put one on the shelf. I'm like, can I, uh, can, can I just get both? And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, I technically only get half of the cereal since um, overall. That's true. Okay, rest. so I'll take the one that's open. Um, let me just close this up so it doesn't go bad. But yeah, there you go, guys. That was a live... I thought that would take longer than it did. I wonder what <laughs> it's just one like of you those take a bite and like, well. I'm just going to eat one of these marshmallows just by themselves. They taste literally like Lucky Charms marshmallows. Yeah. They're like, exactly. I have a, this brings up a very important question. What are marshmallows in dry cereal? Because they're not marshmallows in any real sense of the word. Yeah, they don't taste anything like real They're basically, I guess maybe they're like astronaut marshmallows, like freeze-dried marshmallows. I mean, they're really just blocks of sugar that are in funny shapes and with food dye. Huh. You know, the... the, the the little so the cereal pieces are little stars. I assume they're supposed to be like Mario the oak power pieces. stars. Yeah, yeah, the oak pieces. Actually, really good. They're the stars, asterisks, whatever you want. <laughs> asterisks. Yeah, the asterisks that goes next to Mario being naughty to clarify it's <laughs> not appropriate. Yep. But yeah, it's pretty good. So there's our new experiences on the podcast: some VR and some cereal. Um, frankly, I don't think there's a way to smoothly transition from marshmallow cereal to news. So I'm gonna try, and Sam just gonna say two words. Nintendo Direct. I'm not sure how much you noticed this while you were in Japan, Angel, but there's been kind of, since you left, basically, which was what, day after Christmas? There's uh, been, yep. Yeah, there's been kind of this, like, looming presence of this upcoming Nintendo Direct that's just been kind of driving people crazy online. Like, it's nuts. A lot of people assume this going to happen in January, since, you know, Nintendo always does one of these in January. They do? I, every single year, yeah. Huh. Except last year when they did a live event instead. So the same difference. Except every year, except when they don't. Except the years they don't because they do something else that accomplishes the exact same goal. But, uh, yeah, so there was that hype. And then the hype just kept kind of building as there been this, like, downpour of leaks and hints and rumors. Um, first, I, we talked about this last episode, but that EA marketing slide leaked, which seemingly confirmed Nintendo Direct in the, in January because they're talking about the timeline for Faye, Fee. I still don't know how to pronounce it. F-E. Yeah, I would say Faye. Yeah. Then, since our last episode, though, developers of Morphe's Law, which you may recall is an indie Nintendo loves to show off in all their presentations, they said to expect more details in January. Then, on top of that, suddenly Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2 popped up in GameStop's databases coming out in America, which, it was a launch title in Japan for Switch, and now Nintendo's publishing Dragon Quest Builders in America, and this suddenly reappears too. That seems like, it seems like an announcement's coming, you know? And then, and this is why I think actually got everyone really hyped, the like powder keg, if you will. On New Year's Eve, Amazon suddenly listed 18 Switch game placeholders, all labeled Switch title with a different number, and all saying the description just announced at the Nintendo Switch event. 
the prices range from like you know the typical sixty up to a hundred. So presumably up to a hundred. Presumably they're like regular editions and special editions. So it's not uh, actually eighteen new games. I don't think. But nonetheless, I don't need new special editions right now. Yeah, I, I know. The, right? I, I don't need the pressure of not pre-ordering any more games. I know, right? But nonetheless, eighteen things popped up at Amazon at once and were you know pretty much out of nowhere. All said Switch event and then were taken down almost just as quickly. Like that, you know, you can see why people be like, oh man, we really do have an event coming up. And like the timing really couldn't be any more perfect because the Switch is riding, is really riding high right now. You know, it's, it's kind of the holidays has this great momentum and Nintendo, whether it's a direct or something else, you know, announcing 18 new items will keep the system on people's radar, keep people interested. Even if they're launching rather, uh, you know, later rather than sooner, even if some of some of them are special editions of other ones, just having all that at once can only be a good thing. So it seems like a direct's happening. Oh, well, and this is the part where you tell us, like, the evidence against it, right? Um, no, because I don't have any. I do have evidence of why the momentum now needs to be capitalized on, which is the Switch is really riding high. Like, when I said that, I mean it. Um, in Japan, where you just were, did you? I don't know if you knew this, but when you were there, the Switch actually outsold the entirety of the Wii U's Japanese lifespan wow. while you were over there in less than a year's time. <laughs> Similarly, it's already outpaced the entire first year of PS2 sales in Japan in less than a year's time. So it, it's getting to the point over there where I know you said you went to a, little, a bunch of little stores, but there are reports online on how true it is. There are not system shortages anymore. There's no longer lotteries for lotteries for lotteries, but people can't find physical games. Zelda has shortages. Weirdly enough, 1-2-Switch has shortages. Oddly, uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 has shortages. But, like, it's, huh. it's like, like, there's that much demand over there. Did you encounter any empty shelves, or was it all, as far as you could tell? Just uh, I mean, I saw a lot of Switch fluff. games, but now that I mention, now that I think about it, a lot of them weren't really first party titles. They were just a bunch of random third party mm-hmm. Japanese exclusive games. There you go. So, yeah, it seems like people are really snatching stuff up. And what's more crazy is over here, the Switch is now the U.S.'s fastest-selling... I mean, this is some that I missed. I don't know. I just remember... I mean, obviously, just gravitated to the random ones. There could have been some that I missed for all I know. Right. Well, yeah, I, don't expect, um, I didn't expect you to take an inventory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you come back with a notepad. It's just like, well, I saw three copies of Train Simulator 2018. But, yeah, no, it's... um. What's more crazy is here in the U.S. is what Snar says that the Switch is now the U.S.'s fastest-selling console of all time in just in its first 10 months. Nintendo said that over 4.8 million Switches have been sold in 10 months here in the States, which is 800,000 more than the previous record uh, held by the Wii back in 06-07. So just like Japan, it's doing quite well. The games are also doing quite well. Over 80 per, or sorry, over 60% of all U.S. Switch owners, so that's 2.88 million people, have already bought Mario Odyssey in the two months since it's been out. Over 55% of all Switch owners have bought in Zelda which translates to at least 2.64 million. Mario Odyssey is actually Amazon's top-selling game of 2017. Well, top-selling gaming product outside of, uh, like, gift cards for digital stores of 2017. Well. Yeah, and Mario Kart 8 is over 50% of all Switch owners, meaning 2.4 million. So the point is, what I'm getting at here, is people are buying Switch in mass, they're buying games for a thing, and it's led town to be confident enough to now publicly state that they'd like to sell 20 million Switches in the next fiscal year, so from this coming April through March of 2019. And that, that came straight from the horse's mouth. That was Nintendo President Tatsumi Kimishima, who made the con air in interview. And while it seems like an achievable goal, it obviously requires one thing, which is more games, which brings me back around to the entire point of what I'm trying to make. 
Nintendo Direct that everyone's hyped about. Like, you need more games. If Nintendo really wants Switch to carry its current momentum, sell 20 million in, you know, the next fiscal year, if they want to have a bigger year two than a year one, which is what 20 million would mean, uh, they're going to need a lot of big name, interesting games to do it. Like, I feel like they're not just getting something on a similar scale to how Mario Odyssey or Zelda or uh, Mario Kart did, but also like smaller stuff that together can kind of entice people all the same and be like a groundswell of just a bunch of stuff at once that will get people really excited. So I feel like a direct at the start of the year is kind of a great place to begin rolling all that out. I don't think we're going to see everything at once, but I think we're going to see a lot. So with that in mind, we thought, for you guys listening, we thought it would be kind of fun to kind of talk through some predictions of what we may see in the upcoming direct. It's rumored to actually take place as soon as this Thursday, the 11th. Um, So, you know, we'll we'll kind of share a prediction for that, probably what's coming up the rest of the year. Um, If you're listening to this after the 11th, which is literally only like four days from now, um, feel free to just laugh at us if we're totally wrong. But remember that these things may still come later on in the year. So if, if we are wrong now, but right later... Hold off on laughing, but come January 1st, if we're still wrong, in 2019, you can laugh all you want and send us hate mail, whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> so, Jeez. so yeah, with that in mind, uh, I think my my first kind of prediction here is I'm, I'm going to start with one that kind of zigs where I think everyone expects Nintendo to zag. I think we're going to see a fair amount of third-party stuff. I think, like, Kirby Star Allies will be there. Upcoming Yoshi will be there. You know, maybe some more Bayonetta 1, 2. We're probably going to get a first look at the new Fire Emblem, which I keep forgetting is coming out on Switch this year. Um... But, you know, I think it's, and of course on the third party side, we're probably going to see Dragon Quest Builders, we're going to see Lost Spear, that's going to be out like in two weeks. We're going to probably maybe get some sort of update on Octopath Traveler, they've covered it in two directs so far, you know, it seems, makes sense to cover it again. But I think the real surprises are actually be on the third party side as well. It's not, like Nintendo's not going to have that much themselves, yeah. so they're going to be surprise. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think that, um, Ace Attorney Apollo Justice got a mention on the last direct, so I'm hoping that this will mean that, all right, maybe they'll drop a, drop a line about the new Ace Attorney for the Switch. Yeah. It's like that sort of thing feels perfectly queued up. Cause I mean, Nintendo, what like sent me down his train of thought is Nintendo in their press release about how well the Switch was selling put a sentence where they promised, and I quote, fans can expect continued support from major publishers like EA, Activision, Ubisoft, Capcom, Sega, Take Two, and Bethesda. And, you know, some of those make sense, like what you're saying about Capcom, because, you know, they have Ace Attorney. They have the I mean, Mega the Mega it, Man. Will they bring over Monster Hunter Double Cross? Who knows? Maybe, but, uh, I mean, even if they don't, they still have all those Mega Men or Mega Mans. <laughs> they have Street Fighter Anniversary Collection. There's plenty for them. You know, if you look at Ubisoft, obviously Mario and Rabbids is going to have a new story DLC at some point. That's already been promised. Supposedly it's coming in June, based on a leak from the uh, Japanese eShop. But regardless, like, they have Steep maybe still in the works, I think. Um, but that's obviously as Wolfenstein 2 at the very least. There's rumors of Fallout, so you never know. Sega, they've got Shimagami Tensei 5 with Atlas. They've got obviously Bayonetta as well, and probably the next Sonic, whatever form it takes. But, so that, like, all to me, if Nintendo Store teasing, we're gonna have these great major third parties, this seems like the moment to let them shine. But what was more interesting was those Western third parties on the list. EA, Take Two, Activision. Those three are kinda like, the you yeah. know the wild cards. I mean, technically, I'm definitely more excited to hear things about them. Just because, yeah, me too. Yeah, because I don't know the. I guess the ironic thing, like as much as I'm looking forward to a Smash Brothers or those kind of things, it's like whenever any of those games get announced now, like Metroid Prime, blah blah blah. Like we've been wanting those games for so long that when we get them, it's like a finally instead of a oh my god they're making this game. It's cool when it's a curveball. Yeah, it's, yes. it's, it's no longer like yeah basically what it said like yeah. i'm not excited that they're making it it's more like oh my god you're finally making it about time yeah like i'm really curious like ea for example what are they gonna do because technically 
technically EA is already covered because of fe fe fi fo fum I'm never going to be able to pronounce his name but yeah technically you know we know that's coming in this direct because that's what leaked that there will be a direct Whoa. we we know it's it sort of barely counts as EA because they're publishing it through their indie arm it's a digital only release for now but then you look at something like FIFA, and in Japan, I just saw the other day that FIFA sales on Switch are actually rapidly catching up to PS4, the PS4 version sales, and will surpass it if their current rate of you know if their current uh, rate continues. But that was the litmus test. The litmus test was uh, FIFA. We're gonna go they four kept saying, origins. So I'd be cool with that actually, <laughs> but you That's know, a good like, game by the way. But yeah. yeah, but like something like so now that EA sort of. In America, who knows how FIFA's doing? Actually, I'm not. I don't know any numbers, but in Japan, at least, there's there's proof that there's people buying EA products. So, like, maybe that means that rumor of Burnout Paradise remastered on Switch is going to happen. It was just announced for PS4 in Japan, so you know this is the right time to do it. Or maybe like, I still feel like Star Wars would be a great fit for the Switch. Although I don't honestly expect it in this direct, but sometime this year, if EA thinks that FIFA did well enough, I could see them doing something with Star Wars because there is that history with Nintendo and Star Wars, like. N64 and GameCube were the Star Wars game consoles. Were those so, Super Nintendo games any good? Um, I had the Game Boy version. I know a lot of people, I want to say people like Super Star Wars. But yeah, a lot of people like the Super Nintendo I one. Know. I have the Game Boy, like, downport of it, so to speak. Mm. It's not as good. But it was still decent. I like, played, it's a fun little action platformer thing. I played Revenge of the Sith on DS. I, the last Star Wars I played, I think, on a Nintendo system, I think, was like one of the Rogue Squadrons or something, like GameCube days. Uh, but oh those games are good like it's so weird that Nintendo's like literally the forefront of Star Wars games now they just don't get any of them so yeah like, I think it'd be cool if EA did that like I went, like I said I wouldn't expect Star Wars in the direct but you know we didn't get Lego Star Wars oh I guess yeah those I guess those count we did yeah I mean yeah they're not what you mean when you say yeah, Star but, Wars but it still counts it is a Star Wars property on Nintendo but, but yeah I would love to see Burnout Paradise show up in the direct I mean signs are sort of pointing to it so maybe but then you've got like the more wild card of say Take Two, who up yeah. to this point they've been actually a surprisingly big supporter of Switch. Like you never think about Take Two as a big supporter of Nintendo, but we already got NBA Two K, WWE eighteen, LA New R. You know they they or was it WWE eighteen or seventeen? It might have been seventeen. Either way, uh, there there's a spread from them across all their different brands like Two K and Rockstar. So they are actually putting stuff out there. But unless they plan to revive like Carnival Games or something <laughs> or do like another Rockstar table tennis port or like remaster I feel like all that's left are their more serious games yeah, yeah like, I want to see Bioshock yeah or like that. Bioshock 2 or Bioshock Infinite or all 3 or all th- yeah isn't there already like a collection yeah collection I know there's a I Bioshock 1 and 2 bundle and I know they also bundled Bioshock Infinite with Bioshock 1 like oh you get it for free mm-hmm. they have a lot of these weird combinations but I feel like Bioshock would make the most sense well, Bioshock 2 was made by a different studio, so I think yes. that's why... Yeah, Bioshock oh, okay. Infinite was a return to the people, to Ken Levine and his team that made Bioshock 1. Well, Bioshock 2 was like... Okay, that reminds stuff. me of Charlie Day from Always Sunny. Yeah. Whatever happened to him? Uh, he's Charlie no longer Day? At t- no, 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 I know what happened to Charlie <laughs> Day. Whatever happened to Ken Levine? I mean, he's no longer at uh, the same studio. Oh, that's right, yeah. Something did happen to him. Hopefully. Like, I think he has a new studio. He's not, like, dead. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know what exactly Yeah, happened. I don't think anything bad happened to no, him. No, he just stepped away from it. I think, it, like... I mean, there's a lot of pressure. When you make something like Bioshock, and they have to make it again, but better, and they have to make it again, but better. Like, it's a oh. lot of pressure. Sometimes just like, like go do a small project on the side. He, he might have gone to indie. pursue Kid and Midden somewhere. Yeah, that must be it, exactly. And to work on his Dayman Nightman musical. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, Bioshock actually make a ton of sense, now that you mention it. Because, uh, you know, Doom already 
Zorb is going down that path for Switch owners. This would play nice yeah, with Doom. I mean, that game Wolf is selling well, right? It's doing pretty well from what I've gathered. Right. I haven't seen any numbers or anything, but, but yeah, like Bioshock are cool. Actually, I feel like, you know, Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption could pretty easily come to Switch. Yeah. I mean, it has a nice tie-in with the upcoming sequels hype. Uh, we know it ran on PS3 and 360, so it would work on Switch. So I guess even by that notion, Why not more? Yeah, we need more games, more open world games set in the U.S. Like, yeah, I was about to say, by, by that by that logic, GTA, GTA V would yeah. also technically work on Switch because it too briefly was on PS3. And you, you'll have literally like Xbox. a little history thing where you have your Red Dead Redemption, yeah, and you go to Elena just, Noir, just, and then you go to... Like, why go to school when you just play Switch, right? Like, like, look at go. that, I wrote the marketing for them. Why go to <laughs> school when you could just play Switch? In the three main time periods in U.S. history. Yeah, it's perfect. Like, it makes total that sense. That slowly turns into just LA and just ignore the rest of the middle and east coast. Which, quite frankly, someone that, that lives in LA is what the US feels like to me. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's just LA. But, um, yeah, no, I feel like GTA could work too. And the nice thing about GTA, now that I think about it, is they're still supporting GTA 5 through GTA Online. They have new content like every six months. So it wouldn't feel like an old port if it was coming to Switch. Yeah, last I saw pictures of it, which was a while ago, it looked like... It's gotten bonkers. It looked, it looked like Hot Wheels. <laughs> yeah, it's there was gotten a Hot nuts. Wheels they kind of thing going it's, on. They basically call... And I mean like Crazy Tracks and the Sky and stuff like they that. They Call of Duty zombied the GTA series or GTA Online. It all starts of weird, interesting new stuff. It's actually really cool. But, but because they're doing that, the game, it's still on the charts... It's still as relevant as ever, so if they brought it to Switch, it actually wouldn't have that, like, oh, you're porting a two-year-old game. It would actually be, like, a contemporary release. It would make sense. But, but I don't know, I, I guess the bigger question I have is, like, what? it's not so much what will it take to bring to Switch, but how will they do it? And what I mean by that is that of every publisher out there, Take-Two is perhaps most notorious for doing the whole cheap cartridge thing. Like, if you look at, or, you know, if you go buy a physical copy of NBA or WWE or LA Noir, you're getting the box with that silly SD card required banner across the top. And that's because even if the game can fit on Nintendo's larger 32 gig cartridges they offer, Take Two has seemed to make this, make this very conscious choice to only go 16 gig. They're not alone in doing this. You know, Doom sorta does it. Uh, Rhyme, Rive does it. A bunch of games did it. But they're the one that seems to be most consistently doing it at this stage. And, it's interesting because on Christmas, or around Christmas, the Wall Street Journal released a report that Nintendo's delaying the larger 64 gig cartridges till 2019. That's not good. Whoa. It's not good. And that specific, you know what 2019? That, yeah, they're going to come out sometime this year, now it's next year. And that me, and it, they said that that left some Western publishers, quote unquote, disappointed. So, the irony of this, <laughs> the irony of this is how can you be disappointed when you're not even using the 32 gig cards in the first place? Now I'm not saying, they didn't say Take Two was the one who was disappointed, but most of the Western devs have been using 16 gig. Take Two is the most guilty of it. LNUR does actually fit on a 32 gig card, they just chose not to do it. The game's 29 gigs. It fits. They like to have the option. <laughs> they like to have the option, and when they don't, they're sad. But what was weird is, um, they said they're well, disappointed. Yeah, they said they're disappointed and they might, and there might be game delays as a result like that's what the wall street journal report so now i'm here i'm saying you're thinking like maybe la noir fits on a 29 gig cartridge but you know you mentioned bioshock or all three bioshock or like i was saying red dead or gta i don't know unless you want to make someone download like four-fifths of the game from the eShop because the cartridge only fits one-fifth or whatever the crazy size is i don't know if they can stick those on a 16 gig cartridge and then expect people to download triple the size later like i those seem like the games that perhaps might hit a delay as a result so maybe we don't see anything like that in this direct maybe they do come later in the year once the cartridge situation is at least a little more solidified but 
It's just, yeah, I don't know, because they could take two could very easily be like, yeah, GTA, and you, you know, you buy a cartridge. It has a single building on it. If you want to download the rest of the city, it's, you know, however many gigs off the eShop. But it's just, it's, there's going to be a tipping point where, like, it's just going to be so frustrating to fans that they have to keep getting a bigger SD card or that they're buying a physical thing but not getting anything on it. Like, there's going to be some point where Take Two might have to jump to 64 gigs. And I, I don't know if that means that stuff we're theorizing about would be delayed as a result or not, but I, I guess time will tell. I'd be happy to be wrong if they did like a teaser in the direct in these coming weeks, but I think Take Two in particular, we might not see hmm. something from in the very near future. It might be a little further out. But oh. but yeah, the 64 gig thing's kind of weird. Yeah, that is kind of a bummer. Hopefully that doesn't change anything, but... Well. I mean, it hasn't, it hasn't really hindered Nintendo up to this point, at least not publicly that we know of. I, you know, they're saying games might be delayed, but we had plenty uh, of games. It just sounds like excuse fodder for someone. To, to for, about... for EA to say, well, even though FIFA did well, yeah, or whatever. Just, yeah, for EA. Exactly. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like I said, I'd happy... We don't know who we're talking about. Yeah, that's not mince words here. But uh, I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see Take Two surprises with Bioshock or Red Dead or something, but I don't think we'll see it. Uh, but, you know, of all the publishers we talked about, I honestly, do you know what surprised me the most on that list? Activision. I mean, they, they put out Skylanders at launch, but they've done nothing since. In fact, Skylanders isn't even a thing anymore. It's on hiatus. Call of Duty. We didn't get the last Call of Duty. No, what, what do oh. they have? Like... Uh, D- Destiny. And Crash. Here's my thinking. They've said Call of Duty World War II is not coming to Switch. They'd be very clear about that. Fine, whatever. Destiny, I don't know from a technical standpoint. Do we want it at this point? <laughs> well, it'd be Destiny 2. Yeah, that's true. There's all sorts of crazy going on there in that world. But yeah, like, I don't know feasibly how technically sound is put on Switch, cause there's, you know, so much. I guess it's all server based, so I guess they could. But I feel like the only two things they might announce are either Hearthstone, but that'd be under Blizzard, so it wouldn't even be mentioned. You know, Nintendo would have said Blizzard separately. Yeah. But that would be, that port would make sense to put in the direct in January. That's yeah. a good filler game. I know you'd eat it up, but, um, Crash. Like, Crash Bandicoot really makes the most sense. That would sense. be, that game would have to be free. Hearthstone? Yeah. yeah, there's already free stuff on the eShop, but you get Pinball FX3 for free. Yeah, I guess they yeah. do that, huh? Yeah, they have free to play. Nintendo, literally, it's mm. interesting to see Nintendo go they from... they do, do a physical copy of how that works? Yeah, I don't know how that would work. Yeah, they'd probably get it'd probably, probably digital. Digital. It'd probably be digital only. Yeah. But, but yeah, Nintendo, in terms of free to play stuff, Nintendo does not care anymore. Once they opened up to cross-play with Rocket League and those sorts of games, it became very apparent that they will do whatever anyone wants as long as they get the game. Which is great. But um, but yeah, no, I think Crash is probably the most likely uh, to pop up. I would, if Crash shows up in the direct, I'm not saying it will, but if it does, I will not at all be surprised. But I, I think there's a few reasons for this. I mean, first off, um, as we just sort of went over, I don't know what else from Activision makes sense on Switch. But but more of the point, um, you know, cra- Crash just meshes really well with Switch, not just in the term of like, oh, hey, here's a cartoony platformer on a system with cartoony platformers. But also because it plays into that major appeal of the Switch, which is nostalgia. I mean, look at some of the Switch's most successful third-party games last year. Super Bomberman R, Street Fighter 2 Final Challengers, Sonic Mania, Hamster's uh, Arcade Archive series. All of those lean very heavily on 90s nostalgia. Like, it's value- the Switch's value proposition is very much, you know, play home, con- home console games on the go. But there's kind of this secondary appeal that comes out of that of, like, hey... Those whole console games could also be those ones you played as a kid in the 90s, too. Like, remember this? Here it is again. I mean, you even see it subtly with how Mario Odyssey kind of goes back to the 64 and Sunshine gameplay mechanics. Yeah. Like, it's all very, you know, they're, they're really leveraging that nostalgia. So if you're Activision, why wouldn't you hop on this, like, proven nostalgia bandwagon with Crash? 
I mean, Sony may have an exclusivity deal up front, but that's definitely not a permanent one. So whether that means it's this Direct or E3 or something later, I'm pretty sure Crash is eventually going to show up. He's been on Nintendo platforms before, back in GameCube days. So, mm-hmm. And I think he has. So, they had a few Game Boy Advance games. Yeah, yeah, and Game Boy Advance, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it seems reasonable to me. And, like, really this nostalgia thing, I think, is a broader trend that we're going to see probably pop up in the Direct a few times over because, you know... Namco's already there with Pac-Man Championship Edition. We talked about that last episode. There's this rumor going around now that Konami may be bringing over three of its WiiWare uh, Rebirth games to Switch. I don't know if you remember those. Those were like they did like Contra, Castlevania, I want to say Gradius maybe. And basically, they were kind of like modern riffs on these classic games. Again, mm-hmm. playing into nostalgia. But the rumor is they're going to bring those three to Switch along with an entirely new one. This this rumor seems particularly plausible to me because um, they've essentially been grooming Switch owners to expect and care about these franchises again. I mean, look at Bomberman. All the DLC in Bomberman. It's all these games. So people that know the games already will be interested in the Rebirth series because, oh, cool, I loved Contra. And people that don't know Contra from the past will be like, you know, if they're one of the over half million Bomberman owners, they'll be like, oh, hey, that's that guy in Bomberman. He has his own game. What's this about? It's like they're kind of playing both sides of it. Definitely. But there's also a rumor, actually, that SNK might be announcing something for Switch, possibly as soon as the Direct, which, uh, Ooh, again... New, brand new Metal Slug? Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, again, it plays into this nostalgia thing, because all their stuff is nostalgia. They're actually turning 40 this year, so it might be some sort of SNK collection, but... Ooh, Midlife Crisis. It's going to be some car-related game, sports car. <laughs> it's just, just going to be a picture of a red Corvette on a box, and you mm-hmm. turn it on, it's just a guy what wearing clothes to... that are way too not his generation. Whatever happened to Night's Arcade Racer? To what? Uh oh, it's um I think on name change to GP or something or nineties racer GP. It's uh, Nicholas is still publishing it supposedly. Huh. I don't know. Sometimes it's weird because Nicholas is so good about so many games, and then sometimes stuff just disappears. Like like we'll publish it, and they just never hear about it again. Huh. So I I don't, it's like two or three games that's happened to. So I'm not sure. Huh. But anyway, but no, that further. Oh, yeah, 40 my cereal. Midlife crisis. Contra. I was like chewing one of the little cereal stars. Oh, I think I... And I was trying not to make a loud crunch to the mic and I almost choked on it. So that backfired. Oh. But, um... Yes, but, but what about um, SNK and not... Sorry, I'm just trying not to Metal die. Slug? Okay, now that I'm not going to die. Yeah, well, I was going to say... No, I think it could be Metal Slug. Because um, here's my thing. How many King of Fire games are there on the Switch eShop right now? Like six, five? A few. A, a, a number. Yeah. I can't see SNK being like, hey, partners at Hamster... Thanks so much for getting people to care about our games. We're going to undercut all your sales in the future now by releasing King of Fires. Metal Slug, there's, I look, there's two. No, there's three. Oh, there's three. So I, I didn't they look They have correctly. Metal Slug, Metal Slug 2, Metal Slug X, and Metal Slug 3. But Metal Slug so X, four. But X and 2 are the same game, basically. Oh. oh, well, then there goes my theory. I guess I somehow missed some of them. Because my, my thinking was I could see them re-releasing Metal Slug Anthology from the Wii on Switch. Because that's seven Metal Slug games versus the two available, so it's not. I thought so. It's not undercutting. You know, it won't be undercutting the same way a King of so Fire. Seven include two and X, and just go one through six. I guess it's one through five plus X plus something else, or I guess one through six plus X or something. Mm. I don't know. So yeah, maybe a new Metal Slug is the way oh, to go. Wow, so they only really need to release two more, and then they're caught up with. Yeah, so at maybe least all the old. So maybe ones. my theory that they're gonna do Metal Slug Anthology is wrong, but a new Metal Slug or a new King of Fires would be cool. A new Metal Slug would be really cool. And again, play into that 90s and stuff. Yeah, every, I feel like a lot of people would eat that up. I mean, yeah. I would. It would be really cool. I'd probably get it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, honestly, I, th- I kind of expect that both... Make the- it very cartoony. Don't go realistic. Yeah, don't go realistic at all. Do, like, almost worms. Yeah, that's style. It. Yeah, that's, like, its whole shtick. 
mm-hmm. being very over the top and cartoony. Yeah, they just gotta go full worms. And, and they got your and slugs yet, and your worms. And you're somehow still detailedly gory, so make that work. They can make it work. Actually, there's more examples right there. Worms is another example. Nice and style John yeah. Switch. Ukulele. Like, you keep the list just goes on and on. But yeah, I think honestly, I kind of expect of all the third parties we talked about, SNK and Konami are probably the ones that are most likely to come true in this direct. Like, there will likely be other third parties announcing stuff as well, but these two rumors seem most plausible to me because they, you know, they got the local multiplayer aspect, you got the nostalgia aspect. It just, it just lines up nicely. And, you know, there could be some others in there. Like, Level 5 was pledging um, that this year they're going to be focusing on Switch, so maybe we see a Layton or a Zuma 11 or whatever it's called or something like that. When or a Yokai Watch. Layton at this point? I thought huh? they retired Layton. Uh, well, they're, good. they're starting a cartoon in Japan, an anime in Japan with the girl, Layton's mm. niece. So, so Leighton himself is gone, but the franchise lives on. Yeah. Um, I can also see, like... So the guys behind DeSega 5, uh, Nipponichi, they just came out and said that they sold 200,000 copies of that game, which for them is a lot. It's in each game. And they're now looking at bringing... You know, working on more Switch games. So maybe we'll see something from them. Probably not this soon, but you never know. Even, you know, Nindy's like a Tui. Jules Watson... Uh, his last name's Watson, right? Watson? Yeah, Jules Watson's company. They're, he's now promising three games alone... Three games this year alone from him including a port of 3ds's zeo drifter to switch like an hd port so like all these companies are now pushing a lot of stuff towards switch so we'll probably see a lot of third party stuff in the direct um but that's just third parties that's the thing i mean a lot of people who tune into a direct you and me i'm sure included uh to a large extent want to see what nintendo's doing more than what third parties are doing and i I, you know honestly i think i mean what, what would you expect from Nintendo? Yeah, like, I, I don't think they're going to do, like, the AAA stuff so much. I think they're going to surprise us. Um, I would hope so. I mean, if they're going to... Um, I mean, I want to see an actual Mario Party. That'd be cool. Like, I know they just released the Beth the Top 100, but just give us a Mario Party for the Switch already. Well, you know what's interesting about that, actually? Is, um... So, Kimishima, again, doing interviews for end of the year in Japan. CEOs seem to do that a lot, end of year interviews. And he was saying that they want, in 2018, to have new games that will use the Joy-Con's unique features. So, HD Rumble, the IR camera, the motion tracking to create new kinds of gameplay. And originally, I was thinking, that probably means new IP. You know, like this time a year ago, when they did the Switch event, they spent so much time on ARMS and 1-2-Switch, which were the two games that used the Joy-Con in an interesting way, right? So I was like, oh, well, so this year they'll probably announce a new IP and use that to introduce new interesting ways to use the controllers. But now that you mentioned Mario Party, that and WarioWare, if they were to bring it back, would actually be really good ways to do exactly what he wants to achieve by using new control methods and showing them off in new gameplay ways. You know, it's kind of like in the early Wii days, they had Mario Party and WarioWare be like, here's all the crazy things you can do with the controller. It's just kind of like a showcase. Don't so maybe maybe they will announce Mario Party specifically to meet this goal he has explicitly said. Maybe a new Fatal Frame. I remember. Oh, that'd be cool. I remember the 3DS. They had that Fatal Frame game that used a physical book or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. And it got a very limited run here in the states. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That seems interesting. I wonder if they could do something like that for the Switch. Probably. Obviously not with the camera with the book, but I mean, there's enough sensitivity that it could be like, oh, someone's behind me. Like depending on where it's vibrating, I don't know. Right. Yeah. That that special really neat. That'd be neat. I think I think what's interesting is um, we're Nintendo. I'm still on the Mario Party thing because I'm just thinking like, you know, no way. Actually, Nintendo Dogs would be. Yeah, Nintendo Dogs and cats, cats and birds and birds, something. cocktails. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. It, it has to be something they could do with just like the sensations of petting an animal or 
Yeah. Like an animal like licking you like, oh, it feels like my Joy-Con's getting licked. Or stuff like that. That sounds almost as inappropriate as saying your Wiimote's gang licked. <laughs> <laughs> your Wii's gang licked. Oh yeah, or you're like um, bathing your your pet like it feels and like it feels there's like, like running like running water yeah, or something. That actually be really cool. Like, the thing is like, or if you're playing catch, like it feels like something's getting released from your Joy-Con when you throw it. Nintendo's just better hope Nintendo than cats like think isn't past its prime because the 3DS one kind of bombed, like not bombed, but did not do well. But then again, the 3DS was not targeted at anywhere near the same demographics, so. Maybe there is hope for a new Nintendo because that'd be cool. I, I do think we're going to see new IPs in this direct because, um, you know, like I said, Arms and One Two Switch they spent so much time on. What about Switch? Fit? And they sold well. One Two Switch sold okay, but Arms sold you know a million in its first two weeks. That's that seems like a clear indicator that if you promote a new IP enough, you'll go somewhere with it. What was that that you said? No Switch Fit. No Switch. No, 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 no. That's not a thing. Aim. No, 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 no. <laughs> they We Fit Plus bombed so hard. That there's no way. Oh, I thought they were gonna have like a no, really oh, clever, no, no, no. clever pun down there or something. We sit. They bombed fit, so hard. They bombed so hard that I don't know. They broke oh. the, the the scale. I don't know. Uh, that doesn't even make sense. See, I, I you put me on the spot. I can't. Mm-hmm. No. Well, I, mean, well, <laughs> I know I set it up, but no, it bombed so hard that there's no way they're bringing <laughs> that back. Bombed so hard. Yep. Oh well, wait, that's not how the lyrics go. No, it's there. not. It's no, it's not. But you got the rhythm right, Kanye or Jay Z. It can be either one. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm still kind of thinking about your Mario Party thing because I think. Well, also Excite Truck. I'm just throwing it out there. Excite so Truck good three. Interrupting yourself. <laughs> I know. No, Excite because I keep coming up with different the ideas. Suspense. Excite what Truck three. Excite Truck three with HD Rumble would be awesome. Really, it's just an excuse for Excite Truck three. But anyway, the thing I was gonna say about Mario Party is I was thinking about. When I kept interrupting myself, and are you sure there's nothing else you want to say? I do want another bite of cereal, though. I won't choke this time. No, I was gonna say about Mario Party. I don't think I can draw this out any further. Is Nintendo also made an interesting comment to IGN in an interview about um, DLC, and they're saying it was um, who was that did the interview? It wasn't Kimishima. It was oh, it was Takahashi. It was Shinya Takahashi. He's the um, he's the guy that kind of runs Nintendo's game releases like manages that oh and yes 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 that that fine gentleman and he was saying and i'm paraphrasing here he said that since switch lets you download and carry around games with you at all times that's a really good opportunity to continually release additional content for them because you know they're already riding the device with you so why not continue continually pump stuff out beyond what the normal threshold would be so in the light in light of your mario party idea it would be interesting to me and actually i think really smart if they kick the pinball fx3 route Put out Mario Party. Just call it Mario Party or Mario Party Pack, and it's free to download. And then you buy mini game and board packs together. Like they could do kind of a top one hundred thing, and you buy like the Mario Party four pack or the Mario Party yeah, six. Pack. I, I did always picture a like the ultimate Mario Party to be more of a service where yeah, like, it's a game of service. Yeah, yeah, you get what you want. Like oh yeah, I don't really like Mario Party seven that much. I'm gonna get the two, three, five, seven, eight. Right, right. Or like, and then think about the tie-ins they could. Still do. buying seven because like whatever. Right. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> is seven the one with the mic? Um, six and um, they all kind of had the mic after. Oh right, yeah. Well, except when they jumped back to Wii. Right, right. The mic was a mistake. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> shoot, yeah, shoot. It's, it's, it's like, hey, Blanc. Pikachu should have taught them. Don't do the mic. But um, no, but seriously, like, the, they don't even have to just do the the Mario parties from the past. They could do new themed ones, like kind of again drawing from Pinball FX3. What if they did ones tied into upcoming games? Splatoon pack, Splatoon party pack. Arms Party Pack. Mar- well, you can't do Mario Kart because that's the right Mario. But you know what I mean? Like, if well, you do boards and mini games themed around. It's kind of Nintendo games. Party at that point. Well, I mean, it's kind of like how Mario Kart's done. It's kind of Nintendo Kart. Land. 
It's make Nintendo there Land. There we go. Make Nintendo Land, but have it be a, a service. Yeah. Or and then have Nintendo... all that show off the different controls. And if you don't want yeah. to confuse people that it's not a Nintendo Land remake, it's called Nintendo World then. But then they're going to think it's a theme park inside their console. and then Well, it should be. be. But I mean like a real... Actually... Actually, they should do that. Yeah, I mean, they have a Super Nintendo. World. I mean, they really, yeah, they really want to throw this kind of Super Nintendo world. And they're like, wait, but this is a Nintendo Switch, not a Super <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> How do I? Yeah, that would that confuse some poor folk. They're like, wait, do I get my twenty classic games in here plus the bonus Star Fox Two? <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think if they did as a service, this would address their other point about DLC. It addressed Kimishima's original point about like showing off the controls in new ways, and it does the great thing that all DLC does, which is act kind of as free marketing for the game to keep it going like i think splatoon 2 actually is something we may see a good amount of in this direct for this very reason splatoon 2 like this isn't a bold prediction by any means this is the original game of service for nintendo so it shouldn't be a surprise but i think we're gonna see you know new maps new modes new weapons um i mean they're still doing splatfest regularly they're still putting these things out weekly they just announced a new spot action versus comedy yeah i vote action action movies for sure because comedies can be hit or miss, but action is action. Like, you always know if you're going in for action, you're getting action. Comedy, you could go in, it's just not funny. Action yeah. could be over the top, it could be... Yeah, but for me, it's like, if I go into an action movie that isn't great, like, I just find the entire thing boring. Like, I can only get, oh, inve- yeah. I can only get invested into the action if I care about the people involved in the action. So what, what, are you more of a comedy person in general? Um, I think my highs on comedy are higher than my highs on action. So I, 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 You know, I, now that you say it like that, I might agree. Like, 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 when I have a comedy movie that I really like, like, I really, really like it. I mean, obviously there's action movies I really like, but there's, I think I enjoy comedies more than I would enjoy an action movie. That, it's reasonable. Yeah, actually, it's one of my favorites of comedies. Yeah, that being said... Maybe I misjudged. Yeah, that being said, uh, when is this one? Is that this weekend? It's this coming weekend on the... Tw- starts the 12th. Oh, okay. Presumably, if the direct is on the 11th the next day. Again, suggesting they will show some Splatoon stuff in the direct. But my, my point is, though, it's obviously not outlandish to say that Splatoon's going to get more DLC. Mm-hmm. They've already promised a free year of content. But the thing is, I don't think they're going to stop at that year of free content. I think they might actually transition into paid content. Mm-hmm. I mean... I had this suspicion because... I mean, I'm almost going to say, like, it's about time in a weird way. That they do paid? Yeah, so we could get... Yeah. Real meaty yeah. stuff. And the reason I say this, is, and I don't think we're going to see it in the direct, the paid stuff. We're going to see free stuff. Like, they'll show off the winter line of clothes, maybe, mm-hmm. or so a new mode. It doesn't change anything, but yeah, how you look. Exactly. But I think my suspicion of why I think we're going to see real stuff is, so they are currently looking, they being Nintendo, for a level designer for Splatoon 2. They are looking to hire a level designer. And I'm thinking, if you have a one-year content plan in place, why would you first need a new guy to come on board now to make your levels? Unless he's literally just coding the levels, but he wouldn't really be a level designer at that point, now would he? So, I mean, this isn't by any means, you know, obviously this means paid content's coming, but if you pair that with looking at the business reasons it makes sense to do paid DLC, it all just kind of adds up. Because here's the thing. There are two competing, totally opposite reasons Nintendo probably sees value in doing paid DLC for Splatoon. Mm-hmm. First, there's Japan. Over in Japan, Splatoon is huge. Like, absolutely huge. Two has already sold, outsold the entirety of one's lifetime sales in Japan. In less than a year. In half a year. And if you look at the top-selling Amiibo in Japan, it is dominated by Splatoon. Now, these numbers these numbers are from uh, 2016. Not Man, I wonder they teamed up with Tower Records. But, so much merchandise over there. Right? It's it's massive there. And 53% of all of 2016's Amiibo sold in Japan were Splatoon. Keep on, it's only five Amiibo. And they represented over half of all Amiibo sales in the country. So, 
and that, and then to be clear, that was the year before Splatoon two came out and became the fastest, you know, the best selling Splatoon in six months. So for this obviously large, engaged Splatoon fan base, why wouldn't you make DLC and sell it to them? Why turn down free money at that point? Like it makes sense to put out DLC. Then on the flip side, you've got here in the U.S. Like when I spout off way at when we were talking about like Switch sales at the start of this whole Nintendo Direct segment, when I was spouting off those Switch game attach rates, you know, Zelda 55, Mario 60, Mario Kart 50, I left out one that Nintendo said. Nintendo also said Splatoon. And the attach rate is 20% of current Switch owners, which, you know, that's still a very respectable 960,000 copies at least. Yeah, one of five But people, that's yeah. not, yeah, but that's not over half. That's not almost two-thirds, and that's not half. That's one in five people. So much like we said before about how ARMS various updates could keep it in the news cycle, keep it at the forefront of the Switch news channel, keep it on the eShop, keep it in people's minds, the same can be say, said for Splatoon DLC beyond just new weapons and new items, like actual meaty stuff. So if they perhaps introduce some new gameplay idea that really resonates strongly with us Americans, and then they sell it down the line, you know, they release it as a sold add-on, boom, that's a potential sales boost both for more people getting interested in Splatoon and for that by then probably over a million people who own the game here in the States. So it works both to keep people engaged in Japan who are happy to throw money at Splatoon and potentially, potentially expand it here in the U.S. So that's why I think we're probably going to see Splatoon go paid DLC. Like I said, not in this direct, down the line. This direct, we're probably going to see free stuff, but I, I don't think Splatoon's wrapping up in a year, contrary to everything Nintendo said. It's going to keep going. Hmm. I, I am kind of curious, though, like, what other games would make... Like, if Nintendo's serious about this whole, like, the Switch is great for DLC. Like, Mario Party's a potential idea. Splatoon seems reasonable. They have a lot of other games, though. Like, Zelda's done. That came straight out of E.G. Anuma's mouth. There's no more Zelda DLC. But that, and, and we know that, you know, like, Mario and Rabbids is getting DLC, a story expansion, but what, what else? I mean, from Nintendo, like, I wonder, Mario Odyssey? Yeah, that game, that's the discussion I actually had with Elbeth a while ago. Like, I feel like that game makes, well, at least to, to me and him, it made perfect sense for DLC. Yeah, that's for me too, yeah. Yeah, just cause, um, you, I don't know. I, I don't feel like more, I don't know. I don't feel like Nintendo is gonna make a. I don't feel like they should waste their resources just building like a remake of Mario sixty four or Mario Sunshine. I guess so soon. Yeah. I mean, they're not gonna make another like three D Mario game for a while. This is our three D Mario game for a long time. So I feel like it's best for them just to do like, oh, here is a Mario sixty four DLC pack. Here is a Sunshine pack. Here Here's Isle Delfino as an isolated kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Just they give us different kingdoms. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's nice basically thing. it. That's nice thing. Is the game so compartmentalized and everything's already so isolated? Yeah, bomb on battlefield kingdom. <laughs> yeah, it's just okay. No, just the one level. But well, I mean, that's, uh, what, the king, well, that's, well, that's what the kingdoms are. The kingdoms. I know, are levels, but they're so. usually a little. I guess they're not much bigger. Like Lost Kingdoms, probably about the size of ball, size of ball. Yeah, well, yeah. All the, well, all they have to do is just put a power moon like every five steps. Yeah, and, just, and there you go. Yeah. That's Which brings up it. your your hatred of some of the power moon I mean, replacement. It but. worked with um, Galaxy Two. They brought back. Um, I forgot Dude, what they could called. do Galaxy Plants, but, but, I just realized. But they did Throwback Galaxy, which was basically one of the... It was the second stage in Super Mario 64, yeah. and they redid the whole boss battle. It was awesome. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like remix it a little. Make it bigger. Add some stuff. I don't know. And it's so, like, 2.8 million people in America have this game. That's 2.8 million people. Oh, let's be realistic. That's 1.6 million people who may buy your DLC. Like, uh, that's such an opportunity for them. Yeah. 
And doing it now in January in a direct right after everyone just finished the game or like me just is not ever going to beat it. Uh, that, um, you know, that's a great, this is the time to do it. Strike while the iron's hot while it's fresh in everyone's mind and while they, and while they, when, I mean, they want to play more. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is there, I can't think of any other, there's not much else Nintendo's put out that doesn't already have DLC. I mean, I would game. have liked more Mario Kart DLC or just release a new Mario Kart already. I think they're probably going to do a new one. I would expect that in a couple of years, honestly. They can ride out. I mean, half of Switch owners are buying... Here's, here's an interesting thing. I mean, they did like Captain the, Falcon so much and not even put him in the game. I know, just, right? Yeah. In the UK, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was the top-selling physical release on Switch. So I don't think they're going to, you know, cut that short now. I think they're going to wait until that starts slowly dying off. You know, once that bell curve comes back down on the downward swoop, then they'll probably um, they'll probably do another Mario Kart. Although, the fact that they wrapped up ARMS already kind of suggests that if those ARMS team members who are also the Mario Kart team are now back at Mario Kart, something's, something's brewing. But I don't know if it's this year. For me, that seems like a 2019 or 2020. I think it's still just on paper. Mario Kart? Yeah. They're probably prototyping stuff by now. Uh-huh. But I'm sure it's not like you know, I mean, here's the thing. Mario Odyssey, rumor had it, was done by E3, basically. I mean, obviously, they tweaked um, some of the UI and everything between what we saw in the E3 demo and reality, and they, you know, fine-tuned the graphics. There's always comparison videos where it looks so much better in the final version, even though the demo looked great. Like, there's noticeable texture improvements, but the the core game was done by E3, is what I've heard. So, I think, actually, a Nintendo person told me that at E3. So, um... Yeah, I think that, you know, they could start Mario Kart now and just kind of sit on it till the release schedule's ready for yeah. it type of deal, but who knows. Who knows? But yeah, I think DLC might be a big part of this direct. I'm sure they're going to highlight Fire Emblem Warriors still as DLC. They're probably going to, you know, that sort of little stuff, but, but yeah, the, the, the last thing there, there is to discuss or not discuss, we'll see what they do, is, uh, surprises. Like, will there be surprises? And you can call me crazy. I think we sort of started touching on this at the start of the direct discussion, but I don't think we're going to see very many AAA first-party surprises in the direct. Like, maybe they'll tease Animal Crossing to kind of ride off, you know, on Switch to kind of ride off the, uh, pig, to ride on the pig, piggyback off of, there we go, I can talk. I think the sugar is all hanging me from the fake marshmallows. But yeah, uh, to they can piggyback off Pocket Camp and show Animal Crossing for Switch. Maybe just a teaser or something small. But I don't think we're going to see something on scale of a full Metroid Prime 4 reveal as much as the internet wants that. I don't think we're going to see Smash. Uh, we're probably not even going to get real details on something like Bayonetta 3. I think they're going to sort of steer away from that. And I think it's mainly because, like, Nintendo's got a year of news they need to make. They've got a year of wow moments they need to produce. They simply can't put everything... They can't front load January and then have nothing the rest of the year. Yeah, they need something for E3. Something for E3, something for like the Summer Direct, <laughs> something, something for Game for the, Awards. <laughs> yeah, something for the Game Awards, something for like the April Nintendo Direct, which always is kind of Comic-Con, did they do anything with comic they, they never announce anything, but they have things. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and then they need, you know, they do the Direct like in August or oh, September, yeah, they they going announced, into the holidays. They did they announce one. Earthbound Wii for Wii were at Comic-Con? That, what was it? Oh, yeah. yeah way was. back when. You're right. Yeah, yeah like, they just stuck in the press release. Like, and come play Earthbound, which by the way is now out. It's like, wait, what? But, um... Yeah, I can't see them doing very much. Like, if it, let's assume our predictions are even half right. Assuming we're on the right track with any of these, what we would be get, what we would be getting in this direct is third-party news, at least four or five first-party games in the first half of the year that we already know about, plus maybe a new a new IP or two or an existing IP or two that's using controllers in interesting ways, uh, plus maybe DLC for current games, and maybe a tease of Animal Crossing or something else. Like, I don't know. 
why they would bury all that by saying the internet blaze with Metroid or with, you know, uh, surprise Smash Bros or whatever. There's really no need. It'll just, they'll just, no one will care about everything they just spent 30 minutes talking about if you're just gonna show them Smash Bros, you know? So I, yeah, I, I think frankly, if we, if what we've discussed up to this point was shown, along with maybe that Animal Crossing teaser, possibly a second game, like if they did Pikmin, that would be kind of cool. But, I they, one up. what? No, it's the thing. Nintendo better not mess this one up. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't think unless, you know, if they just did that, like what we just kind of riled off, I'd be, I that would be an excellent direct in my mind. Like I don't need all the big blockbusters. Some people seem to think they do, but I, I'm fine with just like, you know, here's some updates on games you know about. Here's one surprise, two surprises, and here's some interesting new IP. That's great. That's all I need. So, we'll see. I mean, not only would that be all I need, but that would total those 18 mysterious Amazon listings. What Everything we talked about as being potentially happening would fit the bill for those 18 listings. It would be enough games to flush that out. So, I don't know. I mean, time will tell, but we will maybe know by only a few days from now. Maybe when you're listening to this, you already know, but for now, I'm content with just that. I mean, do you need anything else? Is there anything, like, if they literally just did updates on everything you knew and then, like, a surprise, some third-party stuff, and maybe a new IP, would you be, like, sweet, or... Honestly, right now, because I'm still... Like neck deep in Breath of the Wild again. Right, we're actually going through the DLC now, right? Yeah, I'm pretty content. Them not really <laughs> announcing anything new right now. Right, so like it's kind of just like, like I know the hype is out of control yeah. right now. Cool your fans, Jets, but, Nintendo. Yeah, or not even Nintendo. Cool your Jets fans. Fans are going like crazy over this. So, that you know what the actual one really unclear thing about this direct is the 3DS. Like Switch, it seems pretty set for, but like. What's going on with 3DS? Like, I can't see Nintendo... Isn't it nothing? Well, I can't see Nintendo not discussing it whatsoever. I mean, obviously, Switch is doing insanely well, and as such, 3DS is continuing to become slowly less and less significant and, like, meaningful. Didn't it already get discontinued in some countries? They have discontinued the 3DS itself in Europe, but they still sell the 2DS and the 2DS XL. Interesting. Yes, they're they're, they're really honing in on the budget line idea, you know. we've ta- I spent all... Yeah. My favorite point of 2017. Yeah, that was your thesis, yeah. It's still my thesis. In fact, I'm still sticking to it. I think end of 2018, start of 2019, we're going to see the 3DS pretty much die the same Is that also going to be your dissertation? It will. It's going to be... Yes, yes. I'm going to be a professor of 3DS <laughs> lifespan. But, uh, yeah, I'll have, have a... I'll have I'm a, the leading uh, expert. I'll have a licensed uh, PhD in 3DS death. But, no, seriously, I think end of 2018, start of 2019 is about to really going to caper off completely. That's what we saw with Game Boy Advance SP after DS. But in terms of how Nintendo keeps it afloat until then, like, it seems like they're going to continue decreasing the big budget games and higher and you know focus more on budget level like budgeted what's it look more like for low budget production titles and they're probably gonna push evergreen content like i wouldn't be surprised if 30 seconds of the nintendo direct was dedicated to there being new nintendo selects on the 3ds and i say that because there's this rumor going around that nintendo pr has been reaching out to reviewers of a link between worlds because they want to get pull quotes from them to use like permission to use pull quotes which i didn't actually know companies needed to do I never heard that. I never heard that before. That so company needed for all to, those accolade trailers. They apparently, have they get permission. Maybe they just get a blanket permission, and now they're looking for specific things from years ago. I'm not quite sure. But I the rumor, like whenever they send their NDA, that just included all that. You would think so, but I guess maybe because it's so many years removed, it has been. Wow, this is weird. 2018 would mark five years since a Link Between Worlds. Oh, since you beat a game. Since I beat a game on the podcast. Like, the podcast told me to beat it. Literally, the the machine. No, uh, we had. Remember, we had listeners like vote between that and. Uh, Mario 3D World. Yeah. Yeah. They picked the easier game of the two. 
I really enjoyed A Link Between Worlds. Maybe because I saw it all the way through, which is a weird treat for me, but I really did enjoy it. I know. How about that? But, yeah, who would have thought, right? But no, the, the, so there's this rumor going around that they're getting poll quotes, and some online seem to be thinking that means there's going to be an HD Switch remake, because Grezzo, the guys that do Majora's Mask and Ocarina's ports, they were saying they're looking to hire someone for an HD, like, legendary title, like some weird cryptic thing. I don't, I don't think this is that. I'm pretty sure this is literally just Nintendo Selects. It's an easy way to boost, you know, sales of older games. It's an easy new marketing scheme to get people that just bought 2DS to pick up these games. And more to the point, in Europe, A Link Between Worlds already is a Nintendo Select. And weirdly enough, it's not here. So there you go. This, this could be that moment. Um, but beyond that, like, I just don't, you know, I don't see them doing a whole lot. I think the one actual new reveal we may get in the Direct is Detective Pikachu, possibly. And even then, only a teaser. Because uh, it, it looks like it's coming stateside. In fact, a copyright claim... Mm, Turning it with the movie, I guess? Yeah, exactly. And a, a copyright claim with the of the game, not the movie, recently popped up suggesting, you know, something's in motion already. And then the movie's not out till May of 2019, I believe. So there's got to be a while. But with Ryan Reynolds being cast and it trending on Twitter and it becoming a thing that people know about, I feel like Nintendo can easily leverage that a little to promote the game with like just a really early teaser in the direct or something. Like just kind of like, hey, this is a thing. You know, the, you know about the movie. Here's the companion game. It's happening. Just stay tuned. Like something really short and sweet. So we might see that. We might not. Uh, I saw online that some people are saying Detective Pikachu might come out this holiday or early 19. So it may very well be the last 3DS game. But either way, like holiday or 19, it would perfectly lead into the movie in May. So, hmm. you know, people have time to play it, know the story, and then go see the movie. So we'll see. But speaking of Pikachu, here's an aside. I read this recently, and I was kind of surprised. You know those life-size... Um, costume like Pikachu characters in Japan like when they do the Pikachu invasion uh-huh. and all that the ones that inflate so that inflation is actually powered by a battery pack and if that battery pack dies if the inflation deflates you know like in that one viral video uh-huh. if that happens the person inside can suffocate and die there's no way out if that thing deflates you die I mean granted you don't necessarily for sure die but you will. it will come in on you and you can't get out and you can die so... so the reason in that viral video a year ago that as soon as Pikachu started flying, all the people rushed in and escorted out is because they didn't want the person inside to die. Huh. How's that for good? Like, you're risking your life to be a Pikachu. Just think about that. And and by the way, that suit has like... And yet room- that person came back and tried dancing some more and then it still deflated. Yeah, because they fixed it. I mean, yeah. granted, well, you're not. it's not like it. the second it deflates, you immediately keel over dead. But it's, you know, it's uh, it's... Apparently, there is a bit of a death risk wow. with those. So so next time we all laugh at someone deflating in a Pikachu costume, remember you're laughing at them slowly dying. Also, there's room for a fan and a ball inside. Isn't that pleasant? But yeah, they could die. So, wow. so I mean, I, I, I don't know how we continue. They should at least give everyone like a little knife or something so they could like stab them. Right? Yeah, because that's the interesting thing. Is, like, so apparently there's like a little strip by the feet where they can look down and actually see where they're walking. And also they can, you know, they have like a, they can obviously see out the front. But yeah, there's apparently no way out. You just die. So, huh. I mean, it's not guaranteed. You know, there's a risk, I should say. But uh, we should probably just leave the news there. I mean, I don't know how we're gonna top fatal Pikachu costumes. So, so let's just. What so if that, there that's hasn't the, been a reported death from Pikachu? Correct. There's no been de- uh, death by Pikachu asphyxiation. No, <laughs> not happened yet. But uh, until it does, that does it for the news. So I guess we can switch over to what we're playing. Kind of the last bit of the episode, which uh, really. 
just a bunch of punching and kicking things. I mean, kind of like someone would do if they're trying to get out of a Pikachu costume, I'd imagine. But, yeah. uh, yeah, you've been playing a lot of Brawl Out on Switch. I spent some time with the demo of the upcoming Kirby Battle Royale for 3DS. Uh, maybe that's just gonna carry 3DS through 2018. It's just Kirby. But, um, yeah, since yours is an actual game and not just a demo, would you, would you like to take the lead on this? How's Brawl Out? Uh, so Brawl Out, is it the replacement for Smash Brothers? Of course not. Will <laughs> they hold me over until Smash Brothers? Yeah, I think it will. Um, it's, right now, the best word I could use, uh, the best word I could use to describe it is just promising. Um, I st- definitely started off my experience not really liking it too much. Yeah, you and had quite the changing of emotions about this game. Yeah, because when you first play it is when you first start noticing all the things that it does wrong, or all the things that it's not, like, all the things that, like, oh, Smash Bros. has this, Smash Bros. has that. Mm-hmm. And for one thing, and some things are pretty legitimate, but then you... But then you start to remember the fact that it costs like $40 less, it's an indie game, and it's kind of unreasonable to expect that level of Smash Brothers. I mean, they've had three games, four games, to essentially perfect it. Yeah, essentially to perfect this formula. This is their first go at it, and and with all that into consideration, it's pretty admirable. I mean, like what I for instance, like one of the first things that kinda of like stood out to me that kinda of bothered me was the fact that side attacks, just tilting the the joystick to the left or right and pressing A yeah. and smash attacks which is well as you know smashing the stick to the right or left and then pressing A look identical yeah so that at first threw me off it's like oh smash really has a different wait animation. the animations are identical yeah oh, that's good. so it's like the same attack except you could charge one so essentially you're smashing to charge it mm-hmm. which after a while you just get over it like it's right. not it's not like at first but once was, you realize it doesn't work how you thought it did you just yeah like, like, yeah, yeah at first it was confusing like wait is another move supposed to come out and then there's some characters like Juan from Guacamele who doesn't have any smash attacks because all his B moves are chargeable right so like they're all played pretty differently like that he also was a surprise addition wasn't he announced like two days before the game came out or something or when the game came out maybe? yeah something like that the only indie in there prior to him was Hyperlight Drifter right? oh my god which everybody and their because he has uses. a sword <laughs> yeah. He's the only one with a sword. I mean, that that's the only other gripe I have right now. Not That's not really so much about the game, but with the community, it's that everybody uses Hyperlight Drifter. I mean, yes, he's a good character. Yes, he seems really easy to pick up and just use. Mm-hmm. But I've played so many that I guess I've... I mean, on one hand, as uh, someone that likes fighting games, it's like, yeah, I love playing against this character that's super annoying because I mean, they could tell her in the matchup. That means so that he doesn't become a problem anymore. So now I know how to fight around them. Like, now they're not a problem. Mm-hmm. But now they're all I fight. So now it's just boring because it's like, I already know how to beat you. Like, you only do these things over and over again. Right, right. But then the once in a blue moon when I do get a new character, then, then it's like, well, like, oh, wow, this is crazy. What are they doing? Oh, I got my ass kicked. Oh, right, right, right. So Brawlout, you, yeah, just think of it, it. It's a budget Smash Brothers. That's really what it is. But it's definitely more akin to Smash Brothers 64 than any of the other Smash Brothers in the sense that well in the sense that whenever you get hit by something you can't there isn't really much you can do about it you just kind of get hit and you kind of have to just hope that they miss their next few attacks until you can recover and move out of it Mm -hmm. there is a dodge and a roll but that's it there is no shielding and there is no grabbing interesting unless your character has command throws like their moves are replaced with actual throws like Juan Juan Guacamele he's a wrestler so he has some throws there is a wrestler frog with four arms most of his moves are throws. Somehow he's like the mascot of the game. I'm not sure how that. Yeah, goes, I I noticed him in all the promo art. Yeah, I, I like that frog. 
Reminds me of old school Frogger, like the eighties arcade <laughs> art for Frogger. Yeah, I think if Frogger got into some radioactive ooze or something. Yeah. <laughs> and but I think my favorite character to use right now is um Chief Feathers. I think that's his name. <laughs> what? Sorry, what? Yeah. Chief Feathers. Yeah, he's just a what looks like a Native American inspired bird of some sort. Never have I been happier to not have to name characters in a fighting game as right now. I would come up with something worse than Chief Feathers. Chief Feathers. I'd just be like, it's 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 Bob the Bird or something. Like yours is that's way better. So what what's special about him? Like what makes him so good? Um well he's a bird and he I do he, know he, like he likes to fly and no, I'm just kidding. Um well first I went to him just because of like first I went by the design for the first thing I would look into finding games like Ken is there a character I like and right. I do like the frog and I do like the bird and I do like from, from Guacamole so I'm like alright cool that's three things going for the game and the and they all play so differently like the bird um, Chief Feathers he <laughs> sorry he, <laughs> that name is just so great I don't know I just um because you have no blocking in this game you do end up jumping a lot and because Chief Feathers is a bird he... <laughs> why am I finding it so funny it's really not <laughs> Anyway, it's like I'm triggered every time you say it. So because Chief Feathers can fly, he has like, I guess like Kirby's or Meta Knight's or Jigglypuff's multiple jumps, but he is a lot heavier and just moves around, and he just moves in the air a lot faster. Mm. So you could almost hover just to like dodge incoming attacks, just wait for your opponent to kind of do something, see what they're going to do, and then react. And he has like weird meteor. He throws meteors for some reason. I'm not really sure how that applies to it, but he throws little meteors. His name's Chief Feathers. Everything's fair game. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I, I just like his mobility. That like, he just flies, zips around the ground. Has a really interesting tackle that just goes like halfway across the screen. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't really feel overpowered. Like that hyperlight drifter dude just seems like he has like every answer to everything. He has a reflector. He has a projectile. Like that goes across the screen. He has like the sword that has a lot of that covers a lot of distance, he could kill you early. But the thing about Hyperactive's weakness is that once he goes for a move, all his moves last a long time. Like, the, if you get hit by one, you're going to be stuck under for a while and you'll take a lot of damage. But if you miss, he's just going to be attacking the air for, like, a few seconds and then kind of gives you a chance to jump right. behind him and just retaliate. You mentioned a lot of people use him. That leads me to a question. How's on, like, is, are there always people to play online? Because it is an indie game. It takes, like, less than 10 seconds for me wow. to find, like, a match online. Like, the matchmaking is really fast. Um, I did see they had 50,000 players in two weeks on Switch alone, which the, the developers were very happy about, so maybe that's part of it. The internet connection, I mean, albeit the connection here in, in my room is not the greatest, but every once in a while, like, I do get a, a nice lagless connection, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I did try it once at my sister's apartment just to see, because I know they have better internet, and the internet would actually really, it worked out perfectly fine then. So, online-wise, like, it can only get better, and they've stated many times, like, they've put a post, a blog post, I don't know, oh, yeah, yeah. Reddit or that Facebook. they're going to fix it. Yeah, there's a lot of things that they're going to fix, because there is an issue right now that I thought was really weird at first, where, for some reason, if you're playing not against a person, but a computer, the game will skip frames, for some reason. Like, so, like, when you're trying to recover, you'll just notice, like, all of a sudden, you press a button, and you're like, wait, it didn't react, and then you just die, because... That's weird. Yeah, that's a weirdly specific issue. Yeah, it just gets friends whenever you're playing against AI opponents for some reason. Hmm. I don't know. At least it's only AI and not like online. Yeah, and I mean the cast of characters are bright and colorful. You have your typical um, anthropomorphic cast. You have a walrus with a penguin on its back, who shoots ice powers at you. Pretty cool. Huh. You have this. I mean, it's no chief feathers, but you have this hedgehog-looking thing that's 
he reminds me of Blanca from Street Fighter, and he also happens to do electricity attacks like Blanca from Street Fighter, hmm, and he can also curl up like into a ball like Blanca from Street Fighter. I'm sensing a pattern here. Is he's he just an animal that is he's basically Blanca? an animal version of Blanca? Blanca. From, yeah, he's an animal version of Blanca from Street Fighter. Although it's not like Blanca's really fully human anyway. But yeah, there's yeah. like some Egyptian cat thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Your, it, it doesn't, your efforts in <laughs> the more you go into these, the weirder it gets. Just yeah, like they started off as animals, but like this cat thing. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a cat, but you don't really see its ears because it has like a Egyptian headdress. Right. Right. Yeah. There's this cat thing. <laughs> And then there's a there's a monkey like King Apu. He's this ape. He well, he runs around with like a a, a chain and like a Wait, so how many, spiky mace. How many there. total characters are there? Are they adding more? Have they said? I don't. Well, they haven't said if they're adding more, but there's nine base characters at mm-hmm. the start, like eight or nine. And it's interesting. You can unlock like I think ten more. Yeah, there's more characters than arms. <laughs> but those characters are retoolings of the um, prior characters with completely different looks like that cat thing turns into a demon like a red oh. demon with horns like they look completely so like, Captain Falcon versus Ganondorf yeah like, like like Chief Feathers goes from yeah. looking like a Native American inspired bird to looking like a buff bald eagle with an American hat and like an well like an Uncle Sam get up so he goes from being a Native American to a settler American <laughs> To a white American. <laughs> Basically, yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's just Uncle Sam if he were an eagle. Right, right. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, I guess you could think of him as like um, like the Mario to Dr. Mario and this right. new Smash Brothers. Like, slightly tweaked moves, different. Like, but same base character. Yeah, same base character on top. Which, it's fine. I mean, I like that the characters that are there play differently enough to each other that it feels very varied. Which was kind of like my thing with arms that... I mean, at the end of the day, it's all the they same. all felt like they moved the same. Yeah. They're all still throwing punches. and, uh, But, I mean, nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. Right, right. But, yeah, I mean, I wish there was, like, more to say to it, but, I mean, they, it, I mean, it has a single-player mode, which I know they have to fix, because the single-player, like, right now, it's split into three tiers. It's, like, I guess, they're easy, medium, and hard. And in easy, you're fighting, like, ten characters back-to-back, but you're fighting them 1v1. If you go to medium, you're fighting like 2v1. Mm-hmm. And then if you go hard, it's 3v1. But because there's so much hit stun, hit stun in this game, being whenever you get hit, the soon, how long you can react before you get hit again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so high that when you're playing 3 versus 1, yeah, they're just, it's, it's just too hard. Like, they hit you and you pretty much just die the moment you get touched. Ah. So. So they need to tweak that, sounds like. Yeah, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right. Like, right. It doesn't feel right. Have they comment on that one at least? Yeah, they have. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they seem very receptive to the f- no, no, yeah. players. That's that's nice. I mean, most indies are, but that's because yeah, I mean thing. the game came out of. Um, it was on open, not open beta. Early access. It was on mm-hmm. early access on Steam. Yeah, on Steam for a long time. I think it finally came out of it this year. I think like it finally got fully released earlier this year, like in April or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then it came out on Switch. And the other thing that they're also adjusting for very good reason is their. I guess unlocking system, which they decided to do in a loot box kind of way. Oh no! It doesn't involve any real money in any oh, way. Oh no! But you get in-game currency, which is fine. But then you realize that it's never quite as much as you need it to unlock what you want. Like to unlock the new, I guess the alternate characters or I guess the variations. Um, you need these crystal things, which mm-hmm. seem to be 
pretty hard to come by. And you need like 50 of them to open a piñata that can get you one of those characters. You might not even get the character you want after getting those 50. That's not Which kind of sucks. Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of how Smash did stickers back in the day. Yeah. But that was stickers, not actual characters. It's yeah, different. it's kind of annoying. And then yeah. there's and then there's another piñata just for alternate costumes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a separate costume that don't affect the... The stats just how they see that lie. makes that as a loot box a, yeah. or like a freebie loot box is fine. Yeah, see, that one's fine. Yeah. And then there's a separate pinata for actual stickers, like or avatars uh-huh. and even taunts. Like there's taunts in the game. Like your character doesn't they don't have an animation for a taunt like in Smash Brothers, which is like one of those things in Smash Brothers that everyone always loves because like every taunt is almost like a nod to something from that franchise. Oh yeah, it's great. And this one taunts like the characters don't do anything. Except blurt out like a little speech bubble of whatever taunt icon you got. So Oh, so they're generic. They're like little emojis. I mean I guess they're, 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 they're emojis. Yeah, I guess that kinda makes sense since, you know, the, the like you said, taunts are cool because they're references, but what's Chief Feathers referencing? Yeah. Like no one knows I mean, like, I, mean I, I, I guess they could straight up give them like I don't know, I guess another character's taunt from like Smash Bros. But I mean like obviously like some games are pretty similar, like yeah. Yeah, a lot of people will say like, "Oh, the reflector of Hyperlight Drifter is basically just Fox's down B and his right. laser." Oh, I'm sure stuff. there's some one to one. Yeah, there has to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's still basically just your. If you Smash Brothers King of the Hill, the rules are exactly the same. The right. o- the only other hook that this one has, which I think is very interesting, is it has a meter that is typically only reserved for 2D fighters like Mortal Kombat, where if you fill it up halfway by either taking or receiving damage. Mm-hmm. You get your counter, which all, oh. that, all, all that does that is instead of having shield, I guess, is to have a, every character has a counter. Yeah, well, like all, they reversed Smash, where counters were removed but grabs everyone had. Now grabs are removed, but counters is something everyone. Well, has. counter it, it's not the same kind of counter like where it's like down B and then you return damage. It's more like if you get set flying, like this is like let's say you're like at two hundred percent, which sure. is like you're guaranteed to die from sure. almost anything. If you get hit by smash attack at 200%, while you have your counter active, I mean, while you have your counter on standby, mm-hmm. as you're flying off, if you activate your counter, you will completely stop in midair from that spot, and then that's it, it's like fall straight down. Oh, I see, happen. I see, so it's countering the your trajectory more. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. a, it's a combo breaker. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, or if you're like mid-combo, or someone's like comboing you, you could just like press it, and they'll like hit your opponent like a little far away, just so that you can get some breathing room. It just right. resets the... It resets the neutral, the neutral game. Yeah. And if you fill it up all the way, you pretty much go into rage mode, which I guess that one's a little more akin to Smash Brothers, I guess, natural rage mode, where the more percentage you have, the more damage you deal, and the earlier you can kill. Mm-hmm. But this one is, when you activate it, you automatically get higher kill... Your high, your kill... Your kill potential raises exponentially, and mm-hmm. it's also harder to kill you. So it's almost like if Shulk activated his... Shield Monado and is Smash Monado at the same time. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the game's fun. The more yeah, the more I play it, the more I get into it. And I'm, you just sort of misjudged it at the start. Kind yeah, of. I just heavily misjudged it because I mean it, it's competing with Smash Brothers. Everything's gonna get misjudged really hard. I mean that's no different than Rivals of Ether. Well, it's like, funny. It's kind of like a weird little Switch cause industry, like Rivals of Ether coming to Switch as well, right? Oh yeah, like that one. I'm also interested in that one just because it's also very different from Brawlout. Actually, very different visually. Like it's, it's sprite based, it, right? Too. Yeah, it's just it's a sprite based match, but it's still gonna have the. It's still King of the Hill based, still percentage based. 
but the character designs are way different. They're still animals, but like you have this orca that has four legs and could teleport through puddles. Like hmm. they is it named Captain Rubbery Blubber Skin? I would say his name is Orca. Uh, or not Captain, I meant Chief. I was making a Chief Feathers reference. I botched uh, it. Yeah, sorry, ignore me. <laughs> I'll just eat cereal. But I mean, the game the game looks creative. I mean, as this one, like they they definitely. Is, is that Ether? Is that the one by the Project M guys? Aren't they making their own? Uh, or not? Pro- or like not Project M guys, but some of the competitive scene people decide like make their own Smash. Well, that's both of these basically. Oh, they both have that route. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Like, yeah, they're they're both like we need a Smash Brothers that has wave dashing because for some reason wave dashing is what decides what makes a good Smash Brothers. But, which is odd. Yeah, which I mean, I guess some people like com- it, but which I completely disagree. I mean, it just comes down to the players, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and now I know in the case of Rivals, it's now being prioritized for Switch first. So. Oh wow. Yeah, so that that's coming. Cool, I, mean, it, 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 I just find it so funny. That there's like a whole cottage industry on Switch. Like it's like Smash Bros. kind of of games. <laughs> I mean, that's true. All indie games are or not all, but a lot of big indie games are ones that are inspired by real games. You know, Stardew Valley Harvest <laughs> real <Moon>. games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like real stab. You know what I mean? Real stab. I know, I know. What way to start twenty eighteen? No, I mean like established classic franchises, mm-hmm. like real well known major properties. Like Harvest Moon became Stardew Valley, or yeah. Stardew Valley's Harvest Moon, Ukulele's Banjo Kazooie, you know, Brawl Out is Smash, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you're, I feel like I would only really recommend this game though if you're, I guess, I don't know, I guess if you're kind of like me and you really, really want to play Smash Bros. that game on your Switch specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have my Wii U connected to the TV. I can still play Smash Brothers whenever I want, and I still kind of do. So, I mean, if if that's still enough for you, then you don't really need it. But I mean, if you are looking for something a little different, then I mean, it's definitely worth checking. Twenty bucks? Yeah, it's it's worth checking out. It's not that much. You get used to it. And it seems like there's a good player base based on what you're saying. Like you never have to wait. Yeah, just make sure your internet connection is great. If you're plugged in through Ethernet, even better. Um, It's funny. I feel like what you experienced with Brawl Out is kind of what I experienced with at least the demo of Kirby Battle Royale. Like where you're kind of going in expecting one thing, and it kind of wasn't. Because, like, I was going into the demo thinking Kirby Battle Royale is, like, a fighting game. You know, a casual one, obviously, but oh, a fighting game. not, like, Battle Royale, like, PUBG, but with Kirby? You thought it was PUBG? It's not that either. Because Battle Royale? Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, that was good. That was good. Uh, no, I totally didn't get that reference, though, but at first. But, um, yeah, no, I kind of went in thinking it was a casual fighting game. And I want to see that. <laughs> coming out, yeah, that would actually be a hundred. Dude, they already have it. Kirby Mass Attack. Just make it multiplayer. Yeah. And keep the name even. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, coming out of the Battle Royale demo, I realized it's actually more of a mini game collection, or at least I feel like it's more of a mini game collection that's kind of masquerading as a fighting game. Like, it, it, it's so much of the presentation is very fighting game. Like, it's actually very Smash Bros. like, so it's kind of funny that we, uh, coincidentally have paired it with Brawl Out today. But, um, you know, you have all these different copy abilities. They present themselves kind of as different characters. The demo has a Sword Kirby, a Cutter Kirby. He's one with the little boomerang. And a beetle Kirby who has a long horn that kind of headbutt into people. And they each have their own movesets that include button combos, albeit simple ones, whatever. But then you also have the ability to unlock new modes and, and uh, arenas using battle coins you earn in battle. Kind of Smash Bros-esque. Uh, you, everything unlocked is presented as a trophy that you can browse. Kind of Smash Bros-esque. Uh, in fact, the result screen has the exact same Kirby clapping animation when he, when he loses as Smash Bros. And even Game Boy Gray Kirby, the best Kirby color is in this just like in Smash Bros. And yet, it all just kind of feels like a minigame collection. I mean, maybe it's just because of the mode selection in the demo. Like, there's a standard battle arena mode, 
in which you and a teammate fight against two other Kirbys, um, a team of two. If you knock their health bar down, they faint, and then they have to revive themselves by rapidly pressing the A button. And the trick is that the more times uh, you faint, the longer you need to pray, press A in order to recover. And as soon as both members of a team have simultaneously fainted, it's game over and the other team wins. So that's kind of the core fighting, if you want to call it that, mechanic. But the thing is, perhaps due to the limited Kirby's I had access to, I didn't really find any depth in this. Like, it's just, you kind of button mash, then you have to mash A to revive yourself, then you just go back to button mashing to attack, then you faint and you hit A again, and it's just like a loop of different types of button mashing. And, I mean, having a teammate doesn't even do much. It seems like it's just there to satisfy the both-must-faint goal. Sounds like the right winning. type of game for you, though. It, I don't know. Like, it kind of... You know what it really reminded me of, though? Like, yeah, that's true. I don't need skill. Very true. But it kind of felt like an elaborate Mario Party minigame. And there's not anything necessarily wrong with that. Like, it just... Everything about it just kind of felt Mario Party. Like, even... There's also the sister mode that's in the demo called Crazy Theater, where you're fighting, but you're tasked with completing these little rapid-fire challenges while you're fighting like someone has to hold an apple for, until this timer stops and no one's holding and whoever doesn't hold an apple faints or gets damaged or whatever or like go on the giant number one and then the next to this giant number two you only run to the one and maybe push each other off it like it just has this kind of mini game vibe and i don't know it just like that didn't fully click with me the other mode in the demo did kind of click with me but again kind of a mini game it's uh, it's called apple scramble i actually really liked it it's it's very simple too but um your two teams are kirby's and instead of just thwacking each other you actually have a bigger goal of collecting apples. And this actually requires you to work together with your teammate, be it the computer or another person. And there are these two trees in the middle of the stage, and you have to go hit the tree, knock down the apples, and then you can carry the apples, many, like you can literally stack like 10 of them on your head, over to this platform for your team. Once they're on the platform, you need to pull a lever to open the doors of the platform, and the apples fall down, and you get points, and whoever has the most apples wins. Um, so there's kind of like a rhythm in it where you can have, you know, one teammate go gets app, goes to get the apples, the other pulls a lever, or one teammate goes and messes with the other team so they keep dropping their apples. Like, there's a bit of stuff going on here, but still, like, kind of like in Ballerina, it's, it's very simple and straightforward. I mean, they do add a few things, like, there's higher value golden apples that pop up that give you more points, so you really fight over those, but ultimately it's still just, very simple and i mean i'll give the game a little credit even in just the demo i found that you know certain copy abilities were better suited for certain modes like the cutter ability where you throw the little boomerang looking thing or the leaf or whatever that cut piece is like that's great for a curved blade it might be a curved blade that makes more sense but that that um is good for knocking down apples from far and you can run in and swoop and pick them up but i found that was not at all good in ballerina because it's so close quarters that by the time you throw it you're already hit five times over you know, like as it's coming back towards you or whatever. Yeah. So, so there's a little bit of that, and I imagine when you get further in the game and there's a lot more copy abilities, it probably feels a little more flushed out and there's a little more strategy. But I just feel like I don't know. The depth just sort of stops there, at least from what the demo suggests. And as I read into like other modes, like there's one where you're collecting coins, there's one where you're fighting a giant robot, there's one where you're basically playing air hockey, but like your Kirby's have to like carry the puck over their heads instead of just having it glide around. Like, they all sound fun, but if I told you those were Mario Party minigames, you'd probably believe me. They're also very, you know, they're party games. They're not fighting games. So, for better or worse, that's just kind of, I think, what Curry Battle Royale is, is it's like a, a, a fight, it's a party game that happens to have some fighting game design influences. It's not really a fine game as it was kind of So it pitched. should have been called Kirby Party? I don't know what it should have been called, but like, and, and, and the thing is, I'm sure it's fun to play from time to time. I could see, like, with younger kids it being really fun. 
I just because it's like a party game, there's just not there doesn't affect there's longevity to it really for an older Nintendo fan at least. Like I really liked Apple Scramble. I was kind of indifferent to Battle Arena. So yeah, I could see if we have a group of good friends, like four of us that are into whatever, playing whatever. It could be fun, but I don't know why I would pay full price for this up front. This seems like the type of game that if it was on sale, I'd pick it up maybe just for occasional use. But it, yeah, it's just... I really had some high hope for this because it kind of... It looked like a cool like a little arena battle game, but it, it's just kind of whatever, which... I mean, it's 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 not the worst spinoff I've ever played. It's not the best Kirby spinoff I've ever played. It just kind of is. So I think for me, I'll probably pass on it because there's just not much under... not much meat on the bone. But for like I said, for younger kids, I can see it actually being pretty fun. But I, I just, I, it mainly I was surprised that it ended up being what it was. So I figured I'd share those thoughts. One thing that I did actually find kind of interesting, though, about the demo is how Nintendo handled it. So essentially, this demo is like a free-to-play game that you can never pay. It's really weird. Like, when you boot it up, you're told you have a limited number of plays in battle mode. You have five per day for single player and seven per day for multiplayer, I believe. And each time you play, you lose one of your, what they call, demo tickets. And it actually shows the count going down. And when the count hits zero, a timer appears, and you cannot play until the timer runs out, which is about three hours. So not really once a day, but you know. But, uh, for yeah, so for single player, it's three hours, I should say. For multiplayer, it might be longer. I'm not quite sure. But it's 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 kind of a clever way to ensure that people don't get enough of their fill with just the demo if they're really into it. But I was also kind of half expecting to see an in-game purchase option pop up that's just kind of like, you want to keep playing the demo? Pay a dollar, we'll give you a ticket, or, you know, something like that. But I wonder if they're going to, like, further go down that path uh, in future charge demos. Charge you a dollar to keep playing the demo? Or Well, maybe not the demo, but, you know, basically release a game with a nev- with a two play options where you buy the game in full or you kind of just, like, can play piecemeal, I mean, free-to-play they, style. Sometimes the demo is just the full game, well, downloaded, but... Yeah, no, this, this definitely isn't, although you can transfer all the coins you earn, you can unlock Meta Knight in the full game by playing the demo. But yeah, I wouldn't want them to, like, go full, like, free-to-play on this, but it was so close to me being like, I'll pay a few bucks for a couple more Apple Scrambles, that's fine. Well, Which also sounds like I was ordering food at a restaurant, but either way. Uh, but yeah, it, it also, more aggressively than most Nintendo demos, is really pushing you towards the eShop, and there's actually a rather elaborate full game trailer just like embedded in that like you do the tutorial which is weirdly zelda like like it's kind of isometric kirby's wearing a little zelda, a little link hat and has a sword and kind of walk mm. you around and you like hit enemies and how single player will ultimately work is you do that and then an enemy challenges you and then you do one of the many different you know the 10 different battle types or whatever so it's kind of like mario tennis where it's like a pseudo super flat rpg kind of, or super like simple rpg but instead of battles you just jump into tennis or in this case these battle these are uh, like fights but um yeah you, you do that tutorial and then suddenly you're just thrown into this like th- like i don't know 45 second long trailer that look, makes the game look great and that's like okay now you can do battles like oh uh, all right like i've never seen Nintendo sort of sh- shuffle around a game like that to put a trailer so like in your face and then when you run out of tickets it again plays the trailer and says like hey you can buy us on the e-shop with like a big button and everything so it's it's very aggressive for them I think it's the first one to do something like that. But yeah, it's that's Battle Royale. It's not Nintendo's best spinoff for Kirby. Still fun in small bursts with the right people with the right mode, but definitely not as deep of a thing as I thought it could be. Not that I expect Kirby to ever be deep. I mean, Blowout Blast was an arcade-style you know, high-score challenge, but it's not enough there to hook me, at least right now. So so that's, that's Battle Royale. I mean, if you're curious for yourself, the demo's on the eShop, so I recommend everyone check it out if they have any interest, because maybe, maybe I just misjudged it, kind of like you did at Brawl Out originally. Who knows? But that's kind of where I'm at right now. Oh. Yeah. Uh, one final or of business, though, before we wrap up, is our Super Nintendo Classic giveaway. Because really, 
what better way is there to start 2018 than with a freebie like that? So, we asked you guys what your favorite Nintendo thing of 2017 was, be it a game, a moment in a game, an, an event, whatever it may be. So many good ones. There are actually a lot of good ones. Yeah, we got a lot of great responses. Of course, there's some obligatory, just like, oh, the Switch, the Switch coming out, right? I could play the Switch in a bathtub, I could play the Switch here, I could play it there. But I did like that some people actually highlighted games they couldn't believe they're now playing on the go. Like, someone was like, oh, I was playing Doom on a bus. That's, or no, they said Skyrim on a bus. That's crazy. And made kind of a funny joke about, like, if this was 2011, they'd be like, oh, you bring your whole desktop computer on the bus or whatever. Or like someone else was saying that they could play Doom on the go and that's kind of nuts to them. We had one person in Chris who mentioned that, uh, he actually, one, his favorite memory of 2017 Nintendo related was he took his nephew to go get a Triforce tattoo on his, uh, forearm. And there's another guy, David, who was saying that he had a Super Nintendo classic, but gave it up to his brother-in-law after the two of them went to a retro game event convention. I don't know what, and saw how much his brother-in-law was like into these retro systems. So he gave him his existing one, which is a very nice tale. But uh, we can only really choose one, obviously. We only have one Super Nintendo. And I think what resonated with the two of us the most actually came from John, who talked about something that a couple people mentioned, which is leaving the Great Plateau in Breath of the Wild for the first time, which is definitely one of those like gaming moments that's always going to stick with you. You never forget your first horse. You never forget your first horse. You never forget your first leap off the thing with the little hang glider. You never forget any of that. But Rest in peace, Jason. Oh, yeah, that's right. Your horse's name was Jason, and he let fall off a cliff. I didn't let it. I you fell let off it. Cliff. You had you had a screenshot of it falling, and you were gloating about how great it was. And I, <laughs> I'm, I'm never forgiving you. No, but um, yeah. We the thing that John pointed out was um, not just leaving the Great Plateau, which behind the New Donk City Festival is probably my favorite game moment of the year was leaving the plateau for the first time. Like that's definitely one of those like iconic gaming things that whenever anyone plays that game, you know, it's gonna be like, oh wow, that's a moment. But then uh, John went on to talk about how like I'm paraphrasing here, but basically. Breath of the Wild is like this. It's insane how much of a living, breathing world it is to the point that he spent hours, he claims, hours trying to rescue his horse from a river as if it was real because he was, he cared about the horse because like the world is so, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, yeah. So as a result, because of that little story, and I guess just how it connected with the two of us or resonated with us specifically, we thought that seems like a good choice. So, John, congratulations. You are walking away at Super Nintendo Classic. Thank you to everyone who entered. Like I said, it was, there was a lot of good ones. It's actually really hard to choo- choose between all of them. Um, like, there's some debating for sure. So, we're, yeah. we're picking John, but, like, the story about uh, David giving his classic to his brother-in-law is really nice. The tattoo story is pretty interesting in that, like, I didn't expect to see a tattoo pop up on the answers. <laughs> but, no, yeah, um, John, congrats. Keep an eye out for an email from us in the coming days to uh, – get your mailing information and get you that super nintendo and thank you to everyone who uh, submitted entries and who listens and who found us through whether it was twitter or wherever however you got here thank you um and yeah we'll, we'll probably do more contests throughout the year so you you won't want to miss that and with that i think our episode pretty much comes to a close um we'll be back with our next episode on january 21st which is actually back on our regular sunday schedule now that i don't think either of us are flying back from japan anytime soon um, presumably we'll have a Nintendo Direct's worth of news to discuss. If not, boy, these predictions came way too early, I guess, this episode. But yeah, beyond that, of course, we'll get impressions and more. So to make sure you don't miss it, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stuff to cover, you can um, subscribe to us on iTunes, on Google Play Music, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, on... I'm forgetting some. I'm forgetting some. On really anything, basically. You can also follow us on Twitter at Round Nintendo, which is a great way to know if we're doing contests because sometimes we just do them on Twitter. It's not always on the on the site or through the podcast directly, so make sure to follow us on there. 
If you want to hear any of our individual gaming anecdotes or whatever, I'm on Twitter at JSR7. Angel's on Twitter at Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. And yeah, that pretty much does it. So now I'm just going to enjoy some Mario cereal. I've been nibbling this the last two hours, just really wanting to eat more. Uh, I don't know what you plan to do, maybe. Um, I you don't have any? Yeah, I, I can pour you more. Well, no, whatever. We'll no, figure no. it out. We're, we're, we're adults eating children's cereal, and we'll see you in two weeks.